1: parker engineering your success
2: hello welcome everyone to the spotlight here on fightful i'm jeremy lambert joined as always maybe not anymore after our pre-show conversation and the hat you are wearing joined today by steven jensen jensen how are you
3: i'm doing good i'm doing good um now i'm wearing this because it is saint patrick's day so i wanted to make sure to wear green so that people didn't give me crap for not wearing green um it is a minnesota wild cap i am not a wild fan really anymore i'm a predators fan but i also don't really follow the nhl that much just to begin with but this is where i'm wearing it 100 because it is green
2: you just grab the greenest thing, I guess you could find, and you don't realize that it's gonna piss me off as, as your as your co-host because the Minnesota Wild and the Colorado Avalanche are storied rivals. And so like that makes it more upsetting is that it's just like you grabbed it for the green aspect and you don't even have an affiliation with the team. at least if you had an affiliation with the team and liked them, then I get at least respect. All right, you're a wild fan. sure. like it, it's not it it's not good but at least I can respect that you're a fan of that team. You just did it to wear green. That's, that's awful.
3: Yeah. 100% to wear green. Um, I now granted, I have had this hat probably since I was in like high school or college. I mean, I've had this hat forever. I just, I used to wear hats always. Um, But I kind of, especially once my hair got longer, I just kind of stopped. But um, so I was a fan of the wild before I moved to Nashville. And then when I moved to Nashville, it was like all about the Preds because they like, you know, I'm always going to be a Vikings fan. So I couldn't really cheer for the Titans. Um, There's no basketball team in Nashville, Um, the minor league baseball team, but there's no, you know, major league team there. So like um, really all I had there was the, was the predators. So I got like really into them when I lived there and uh, they don't have great history with the wild either from like the few times that like I had yeah. seen them kind of going head to head and stuff and, and when wild would be in town and whatnot. So, but I'm uh like I said, th- I'm literally wearing this. I haven't worn this hat in years. And I went into my, uh went into my bedroom closet today, like right after, cause we just did this interview with Carl Fredericks, which y'all were here um, sometime the next couple days, but we finished that interview. I walked into my bedroom to go put an NWO shirt on cause rest in peace, Scott Hall. And, um, yeah, I was like, you know what? I wonder if I have anything green here I can put on my head. And yeah, that's why this is happening today. So.
2: See, I'm not wearing green. I don't care. I have green boxers on for anybody that cares, for anybody that wants to try to jump through the screen to try to pinch me. My boxers are green. Uh, I'm not going to show those on screen, but that, that, is, that is my green. I'm not trying to prove that I'm wearing green. Digital B says, do people still go around pinching people for not wearing green? Look, like, man, there's four kids here that will pinch the shit out of you if you don't have green on, all right? They don't care. So I assume people still do it. Maybe not adults like us, but uh certainly kids. Kids will just go around. They don't care. They don't even if you're not wearing even if it's not St. Patrick's Day, they'll just pinch you, just to pinch you, you know? That's fair. Kids are little jerks, man. Uh you can you can send a super chat like our guy, uh throwback here it says happy St. Patrick's Day. Real men wear kilts and Roddy Piper is one. If you see Ziggler holding the title after standing the liver, will Hayes be his next opponent after the call ups. Good luck in the tournament. Uh, I don't think Ziggler will hold the title after Sand Deliver. What do you think, Jensen?
3: Yeah, I I expect Braun Breaker to win the title back from him at Sand Deliver personally. So, um, and then the tournament. Yeah, we got to get more. I know that we're doing like uh the wicked crazy pinfalls, but uh, are we against each other as a team in that, Jeremy? I I have curious. no idea. I I haven't. I, I have no idea.
2: Somebody asked me to straighten myself up a bit before I go. I just took a shower. This is just my kid.
3: did. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we, finished, we finished the Frederick's interview literally like a little over maybe a half hour ago, maybe 45 minutes. And that was the last thing you said. He was like, got a shower before this show. So yeah.
1: This is oh, man, this is, I, I took
3: a shower. I've had two
2: Reese cups. Here's another one. And and half a string cheese for lunch. So um. I, am i never, I've never straightened myself up. All right. I just come on here a mess. I figure people don't watch this show. They just listen to it. I bless you. If you're watching it right now, I, I got a face for radio, man. Uh, it's not a spotlight for us this week, Steven Jensen, but we did lose Scott Hall, uh, on Monday. He was, he was taking off life support. He had multiple heart attacks after hip surgery he had complications where there was a, a blood clot and yeah, WWE kind of made the announcement of the, the start of raw that, scott hall had had passed away um so get, it's not a spotlight but just memories of scott hall because we, we certainly need to talk about it. i
3: know he was pretty influential in my wrestling fandom and i feel like he was for you as well <clears throat> yeah major major uh influence um coincidentally enough i was wearing razor ramon shirts like all last week when i was doing podcasts like just coincidence you know and and as I'm, I'm always repping scott hall like i he had his he had his demons <clears throat> we all know that um and I, I could sit here and talk for hours about about Scott Hall and how important he was to me as a wrestling fan but um, I'll highlight this you know I I grew up a WCW fan I got into wrestling uh, I was born in 1988 I got into wrestling around like 1993, 1994 as like a really young kid and like just immediately fell in love with it. <clears throat> so I was a fan for a couple of years before the NWO happened. But as a strictly WCW fan, I didn't watch the WWF until like the later 90s. And um, so the first time I saw Scott Hall, like I did not know about Razor Ramon beforehand. Um, and just like his presence and how big of a deal it felt like everyone was like making a really big deal that Scott, Scott Hall was in the company. And then that brought over Kevin Nash. And then that led to the NWO. And in my opinion, the NWO is the, is the best thing that's ever happened in wrestling as far as like, you know, for me as a fan, as a kid, for the the influence it had on the wrestling business as a whole. And and when wrestling got, you know, the most popular mainstream it's ever been was, was right around that time. And a lot of it, I think had to do with the NWO. Like there's no DX without the NWO, for instance. Like there's a lot of things that, you know, and Scott Hall is literally NWO, NWO member number one. Like he is the first member of NWO. He's the first one we saw on the screen. He's the first one who warned us about the invasion and all that stuff. And uh, it's just one of those things where, you know he it's unfortunate that he had so many outside the ring issues because he is a guy that like based on his skill and how over he was he would have one billion percent been the world champion and either the wwf i know i know he left the wwf to go to wcw kind of right before he hit his prime but even when he went back to the WWE, it was a really short run with the plane ride from hell and all the issues he was still dealing with and stuff and I really feel like he would have been the world champion in WWF, WCW, even ECW, if he would have stayed there longer, even TNA, if he would have stayed there longer, like um, it's just his, he, they they could just never really go all the way with him because of the, the the stuff he dealt with outside of wrestling. And it's unfortunate, but I have very fond memories of Scott Hall. Um, he is, in my opinion, he's the coolest professional wrestler of all time. Um, and uh, I have a ton of his action figures and stuff. And I, I just, I'm, It was. It's really sad, but at the same time, we could have been having this conversation easily like ten years ago. And like he, you know, the fact that he got like ten more years, you know, with like the help of DDP and stuff, it is really cool that like he he got more out of his life because it was looking really, really, really bleak years back. So, um, without going on and on and on about it, because like I said, I could talk for hours about Scott Hall. I just, you know, rest in peace, Scott Hall. Coolest wrestler of all time and a guy that. When I think about getting into wrestling as a kid. I mean, he's one of the first names that pops up in my head always. And uh, the Outsider's Edge, one of the coolest moves of all time. Just the way he carried himself, everything was just cool about that guy. So the the two toothpicks. Every time I go to a restaurant, my entire life, even to yes. this day, you always got to get two toothpicks, <laughs> one in the mouth, one over here, you know. And just so yeah, rest in peace, Scott Hall. I'm 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 forever a fan of his. So
2: i was gonna say the same thing anytime you go to a restaurant i would always get the extra toothpick to put behind the ear my mom would be like what are you doing i was like this is what this is what razor ramon does This is what scott hall does i'd throw it at her throw it at her chest and she was not happy about it she's like well don't do that i don't care if he does that um the man just oozed charisma and a little oozing machismo but he stepped on the screen and he just had a presence about him and the obviously the the first night the Monday Night War or not the Monday Night Wars or during the Monday Night Wars but the first night he showed up on Nitro and, and fired that shot and the, you know who I am you don't know why I'm here like that whole promo kicking off the NWO you mentioned there's no DX without the NWO there's no Bullet Club without the NWO like the, the Bullet Club was more or less uh, and I know Bischoff kind of kind of ripped uh, the NWO idea off of a of New Japan idea but like bullet club was influenced by by nwo totally. They're basically
3: a tribute group
2: to the NWO. yeah i mean yeah yeah like you, Scott Hall's influence you saw it with the the messages that were on social media throughout the day uh, on monday and tuesday like his, his influence was just all across wrestling um there, there was a lot of great matches he had my personal favorite was the 1995 ladder match at SummerSlam against Shawn Michaels, the sequel. I know everyone looks back on the WrestleMania 10 ladder match and they say that's the better one. And like on the whole, probably is. I know the finish gets kind of jumbled up in the 95 match, but when you realize that those guys couldn't use like the ladder as the weapon, and everything and how last minute that that match came together because I think it was supposed to be like Sid against uh Razor at that pay-per-view but they didn't feel that Diesel and Mabel was like strong enough so they decided to do Razor and, and Michaels in the latter match when you look at like the extracurriculars of that match it's it's just a tremendous match and get yeah, one of my favorite matches I would I watch that match so often As a kid i would just i would try to recreate that match in in my living room doing ladder matches uh climbing couches and stuff but scott hall just his influence across the board razors edge and you mentioned one of the coolest finishers still used by by people today uh it's a a very good move if you're ever fighting kids cool move to to do to kids if you want to do that like into the pool onto trampolines and stuff like it's a great move to do very unfortunate that, that we lost Scott Hall. And I'm glad he did turn things around enough over, over the last decade to where he was remembered more fondly uh with, with everything. Um and was able to be around the business more and get get back a little bit more and help people, whether it was at the performance center or just showing up to to various shows. Uh it was good that he he got that those those uh, last years to to be around the business a little bit more. But very unfortunate, very tragic. And a guy that shows that you didn't need it spent during that time like you didn't need the world title to like be a star or anything like that because like scott hall was identifiable with the intercontinental title like when you think of the intercontinental title he's up there at, at the at the top of the list i feel like like brett savage and like hall is, is right there and brett savage obviously won world titles like hall is right there when you think of like the intercontinental title the, the iconic shot obviously of him on the ladder with the two belts and everything like that, that title and him go hand in hand.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, you were mentioning, you know, his ladder matches with Sean and stuff being so memorable. And uh, I, 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 uh, when I think of Scott Hall, it's funny because I think of like, especially when I think of like WCW era Scott Hall, the things that always pop in my head are, Of course, the Bash of the Beach match where Hogan came out and, you know, they formed the NWO and he's the third man and all that stuff. And that that was such a massive, massive moment in just the history of wrestling. But even little things that I remember really vividly, like I remember there was a a triple threat tag team match. And it was the type of match where, um, you know, you have the three teams, but there's only two legal men at one time. Mm -hmm. But you can tag out to anybody from any team. And I want to say the other two teams were the Steiners and Harlem Heat. I can't remember, but those would have been the three top teams at the time would have been the Steiners, Harlem Heat, and the Outsiders. By the way, the Outsiders, like one of my favorite tag teams ever, Hall and Nash were just so perfect together. And I just just vividly remember it was the first time I'd ever seen somebody do something like this where... Hall and Nash tagged themselves into the match. So they'd be the two legal men and then one laid down for the other one so that they could try to win that way. And I was like, this is so genius. And this is such a bad guy thing to do, you know, like, so just little things like that, like Scott Hall's mind for wrestling. That's something you hear often is like when he was like sober and like had his wits about him, his mind for wrestling was like one of the top out there. And like, so Yeah, I I remember. I mean, he's a guy I'll never forget ever. I mean, that's it goes without saying, obviously, but yeah, I just man, it it was it was it was tough. But but at the same time, as you just kind of touched on, it was really nice to see all the positive kind of outpour for him the last week or so, the last few days, because. You know granted yes he had he had his issues and stuff but i think what he contributed to the business and stuff it far outweighs the personal demon side of him like i think he's going to mainly be remembered as a guy who was a great thing for the wrestling business he's a great thing for the boys in the back i mean he's a big reason why people are getting guaranteed money in wrestling i yeah. mean um he did a lot for the wrestling business and um and had great matches he had a great look he's like you said the coolest guy in in, you know, in the world so it's just but it was cool to hear all like the positive stuff. Cause over the years you hear all this negative stuff, but it's like, and you see this, we saw it with our own eyes, right? Like the videos where he, he went out to the ring that one time and like, he barely could make it out to the ring. He's like shaking and, and it looks really bad, but it's like, he really made an effort to turn it around the last decade or so. And uh, just hearing everyone saying such nice stuff about him is a, it's a really, it's a really, it's just really nice to hear. And it's also something that we, I want everyone to keep that in mind too one day we're all going to be gone, right? It's a bleak thing to think about, but like, we're all going to be gone. And even these people out there that like, you might have some problems with just really, really remember that, like that they're not going to be here forever. And it'd be nice to kind of celebrate people before it's too late, you know? And, and it was nice to see people saying good things about Scott Hall the last few days. So.
2: It was, it was, he had a positive impact, I think, especially in the later years as he did turn things around. I know he had his issues, even even take taken away uh like the demons that he battled with, like the click. They weren't the most yep liked group in the world um but overall he had a positive impact on the wrestling community and wrestling as a whole you mentioned the guaranteed contracts and everything like jumping ship like that was like we see it all the time now whether it's guys getting released or contracts coming up like the the bidding war stuff like scott hall was that first shot essentially to to do that and he did get guaranteed money out of that i hey yo an iconic iconic opening uh, the survey, like an iconic like promo bit, like, just just classic stuff that only Scott Hall could probably pull off because he was that cool. Of course, the the walk to the ring with the I, my the screen is not big enough, but everyone, there you go, Jensen will turn and do it. Uh, yeah, like the, the walk to yeah, the ring, just like yes, Pat McAfee was did that in the uh, football games and everything, like just iconic stuff. Scott Hall, so uh, rest in peace, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, and Sadtime yeah, sad time on on monday very sad time uh throwback says uh he says they're facing each other we have a, a pint to be on to on b guys
3: oh. oh he's saying he's saying we're facing each other in the tournament and uh with the super chat money uh to get a pint on him oh i don't him. drink i do drink but <laughs> i don't know if i'll see any of the super chat money that doesn't <laughs> I doesn't exactly see how i get paid but uh but i but it is Way we do appreciate it. So yes, thank we you. Do. I will drink beer uh, tonight.
2: Digital V says chocolate and cheese and fresh air. That's straightened up enough, right? For- yeah, come on, guys. Wait, what do you want for me? What do you want for me? Good. It's been a long days, long days. Uh, i says I'm going to cut you up, Scott Hall. Got into Facebook jail for posting that. That's not good. Um it's true he was one of the best performers and changed everyone's lives not just fan jerry springer episode he did was amazing. yeah people have posted that on on twitter where he uh goes and, and greets the kids and it's like completely in in character and you know just just tells them you know keep fighting and everything and, and i you know people remember the of course the the hall of fame speech bad times don't last bad guys do like just iconic stuff from scott hall absolutely iconic stuff and, and people have also said no, no scott hall no Crow Sting." yeah he was the person who suggested to sting like hey, have you seen the crow like you should do something like
3: this yeah and and that's something i think needs to get highlighted a little more too is because he has that rep of like you said being a part of the clique and holding a lot of wrestlers you know down potentially and stuff like that and they you know they bullied people and whatnot but You know, when you think you got to there's, there's two sides to a lot of this stuff, right? Like, like Scott Hall did come up with a crow uh, gimmick for Sting. And Sting has said that like Scott Hall didn't really want credit for that. Like Scott Hall got more enjoyment out of just seeing him being successful with the gimmick than people knowing that he had the idea for it. Um, You know, he, he, he was responsible for making some people's careers like Sean Waltman doesn't have the career he had without, without Razor putting him over on that, on that raw, you know, like even Jeff Hardy. I remember him talking about when Jeff Hardy was a teenager and he was like lying about his age to like wrestle for the WWF before he was 18. He had some matches with Scott Hall and Hall was backstage, like lobbying for um, Hardy to beat him. Cause he's like, he's like, look like this kid is good and he's young and he's got a real future. Like I'm good. Like uh, people know me, I'm over like, we can make something with this kid. Like, so it, it's one of those things where, Maybe his philosophy changed over time, because I also imagine in WCW, when you're making that much money, like more money than you would ever imagined you could possibly make in wrestling, you don't want to lose your spot. So I think he was just really, really protective of like keeping that money coming in. And as long as like him and his boys were taken care of, like he didn't really care about other people. That's just my own personal kind of like viewpoint on it but, um, but, but he did, he did help make people's careers too, along the way. So like, it wasn't, it wasn't all bad, all holding people down and stuff. He did help a lot of people out too. So
2: you, you mentioned Jeff Hardy and, and Jeff and Matt talk about Scott Hall on the extreme life of, of Matt Hardy. I'm going to plug John Alba show, uh, on, on the podcast that, that drops tomorrow. So they, they tell some good Scott Hall stories on, on that podcast. That's a, it's a great listen i assume everybody will listen to it because it's Jeff's first big interview since signing with AEW and, and leaving wwe so it gets into that but they do tell scott hall stories as well so everyone check that out tomorrow extreme life of matt hardy john alba if you're listening to this or if someone wants to inform john alba that he uh owes me money now he can he can send the check he knows where to find me i've plugged this show i've done my done my part so uh check should be in the mail on that uh, they talk about that. They they do talk about Jeff dancing when he's supposed to save Matt. So they they do they do mention that on the show, uh, which is which is very good. Uh, let's get into our actual spotlights. And unfortunately, I'm going to keep it on sort of positivity downers, if if that makes sense. Uh, so I'm going to start with with mine, which is Biggie, who suffered a broken neck on SmackDown after taking an overhead belly belly suplex by Ridge Holland, landed just brutally in real time you could tell it was bad and then he got stretched out of the arena uh fortunately he gave the thumbs up and everything and then he posted an update said his neck was broken so he doesn't need surgery he's back at home on the good on the good side of this it seems like it's on the lower end of of neck issues on the bad side of this it's a neck it's a broken neck like that's not good William regal tells a tale on Jericho's podcast where he broke his neck in 1993 and then just kept wrestling and like stuff just kind of got worse for him and a lot of it did stem from his neck and everything. Uh so best wishes to Big E who seems like I've never interacted with him. Seems like the nicest guy in the entire world. Got a lot of love from all across the the wrestling community which you you love to see. It seems like nobody has a bad word to say about Big E. Um it's been a rough 2022 for him whether it is, you know, personally like this suffering a broken neck or professionally where he lost the title and then lost to Seth Rollins and then just got moved to SmackDown and that's it. But best wishes to Big E. Hopefully he comes back sooner rather than later. Hopefully he's still involved in WrestleMania in some capacity. So he just gets on that show, gets a nice payday. Cause it did seem like they were setting up a six man tag. Uh, But yeah, best wishes uh, to Big E who is fantastic. Love Big
3: E. Big meaty men slapping meat with Big E. Yeah. it's, It's just, it's just super unfortunate for so many reasons. Like you just said, you know, him getting the WWE title to begin with was because of the fan support. Like, I don't think the WWE had any intention of pushing him to the level that they did until they, like, they knew the fans were so behind him and they, they really, really wanted to see him win the title. And he got the title and then to his credit, man, he was out there doing media and showing up at those big boxing events and doing the the intros for, for uh, you know, big boxers and stuff. And he was showing up to college game day and he was like, And he's such like a well put together dude on top of it, right? Like he looks like he looks cool and like he dresses cool. And like, he's like this, he's just like a great face for your company and just a great ambassador for like, just, just wrestling or sports entertainment or whatever you want to call it. And then for them to just like, just basically give him like, I hate to say it, but like the Kofi treatment where it's like, he just loses the title to Brock, just kind of gets pushed back down the card not really in the mix anymore in, in that main event scene and none of, and literally none of it was his fault. None of it. Um, he did as, as the best job he could. And I thought he did a really damn good job um, given the opportunity he, he was given. Um, and then to like now be in a position where like you got a broken neck, like, and I saw, I saw the the spot and I'm not going to sit here and like place blame on anybody because like things do happen in wrestling. It's unfortunate, but you know, I thought Taz, you know, he, he brought up like a good point on Twitter. He basically said, like, and once again, this isn't putting blame on anybody. It's just something that I think people need to really take into account. Like these suplexes, especially when you're throwing people over your heads and they're going, you know, head over, over, or feet over head and all this stuff. Like the technique is so, so important because it is so easy for these kind of things to happen. Um, once again, not Ridge's fault, not Big E's fault. It's, it's just an unfortunate thing that happened. Um, but, you know, the technique and something like that is just super, super, super important. And, and those are the reasons why it's super important. And, uh, and the one, the one positive to come out of this. And I know that i am just try to find a silver lining in everything if I can and seeing Big E's response sense he's broken his neck like even he's like i can't believe how many people love me like i didn't know like i knew like the wrestling fans liked me or whatever but like i didn't expect this kind of outpour support and like he seems taken back by it so like now he knows how much people really love him you know and like that that is a cool thing it's just really really unfortunate that he i mean broken neck you know but luckily now nowadays with medicine and technology and stuff like You know, we've seen plenty of people come back from broken necks, you know, historically in wrestling, but now, like, it's a very, it's a thing you can definitely come back from and like, hopefully won't hinder the rest of your career like it would have even before even years back, like if you broke your neck, like you might be able to come back and wrestle but like you were kind of on borrowed time because like you like the the medicine and technology just wasn't up to up to where it needed to be for you to like have a long career after for most people. I'm hoping Big E can come back and he can wrestle as long as he wants to after this. It's just, uh, yeah, it just isn't, I don't really know what else to say other than like, it's just super unfortunate. I feel terrible for Big E and like um, I just, I just hope he recovers and he, and he goes back to doing what he loves doing.
2: I do hope that he he's able to return and have uh, as long as career as he wants to inside of wrestling. People mentioning uh, Ridge and, and you brought it up about uh, his technique and everything. Like there is some blame on Ridge Holland. I'm not going to absolve him of everything. It, the way he was not safe with Biggie, he should have been better with that uh, to Ridge's credit is he seemed very remorseful by, by all accounts, by all reports. He went to the hospital to check up on Biggie. He he did everything right there in, in making sure that Biggie was okay after the fact, but like, come on, man, you, the, these guys, they go out there, they all trust each other. And for something like this to happen, don't do the move if you can't do it or just just do it better because it is when you see stuff like that Sometimes it is like freak accident and everything in this case there's a little bit of a freak accident element to it but also ridge was not he didn't have proper technique on it and so it it was very scary i'm glad that it's not as bad as it could have been for biggie and he doesn't need surgery or anything like that hopefully he comes back and and is healthy and, and still enjoys a, a, a longer or a long career, however long he wants it to be. But it sucks because Big e's one of one of the guys that I enjoy watching, even if they don't know what they're doing with him. And now it's just another reason to like not watch SmackDown. Xavier Woods is back, which is, which is cool, but all of New Day still not quite, not quite whole, which sucks.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. So uh shout out Big E. You know, we're all thinking about you over here, man. It's just, just super unfortunate and yeah yeah if Ridge is going to keep doing that move or moves like that shouldn't do got, it anymore. he's got to get the technique down before he, he yeah, yeah
2: should okay. just just should not do it anymore well and to be it,
3: honest like he probably doesn't even want to like I, i've heard plenty of wrestlers like that when they get hurt on like even moves that are like really basic a lot of the time they're like i'm just not doing that move anymore like it's, it's not worth yeah. it. yeah he, so. he
2: he should probably cut that one Cut that one out. All right, if you're gonna do it, do it to somebody smaller, or just get your technique down. Okay, yeah. just don't just try to willingly, you know, barrel toss a guy over your head like Ridge did. So, um, yeah, best wishes to Biggie. It was great again seeing all the the love and support for Biggie from everybody in, in different companies. You know, a, a lot of Impact people, a lot of a lot of AEW people put put well wishes to Biggie as well. Just a universally beloved man, Biggie. Yeah. Uh your WWE spotlight Steven Jensen you you're you're watching raw because you're waiting for a certain someone to show up and he's not showing up Steven Jensen
3: kind of so i'm watching the show hoping he doesn't show up i'm i'm in like this <laughs> in those, like this weird niche fan section of like i'm watching the show and, like, every time he doesn't show up, it's a giant win for me. Because, like, I really don't want him to go back to the WWE. Like, I'll I'll watch him and support him if he does because I'm such a fan. But, like, I'm really hoping that he doesn't go back Um because the show is just dreadfully bad. Like, like, I've watched more Raw in the last month than I've watched in the last probably two years. And it is just a bad – it's just – you can call it objective, subjective, whatever. It's just a bad television show. Now, it just isn't for me. I'm not saying people can't like it if if you especially if you're a kid. But yeah, and, well, I'm just kids aren't watching out. this show. Well, when you look at the crowd, I pay very close attention to who's in the crowd, and it's all kids with their parents, and then there's like just like the sad, like guys our age that like think it's gonna get better and like they're still hanging on. Um, but yeah, so. So a few things for, for this for they all they all tie together to to one spotlight for me for WWE this week. It's very strange that Seth Rollins, and we're talking like in canon on the show. I understand, like of course Seth Rollins will actually wrestle at WrestleMania and stuff, and we're gonna get to that. But in storyline, it's completely absurd that Seth Rollins, multi-time world champion, dude has beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania before. Um, member of the Shield, pro- possibly the best WWE group of all time, depending on who you ask. Right? Like, I mean, just so many the 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 accomplishments for this guy. are you know, he's one of the most accomplished guys in the WWE currently. He can't get on the show, been storyline. But Pat McAfee, and Johnny Knoxville, and um, who? There's another one. Uh, Logan Paul. Logan, Logan Paul. Paul, of course. Yes. They're um, stars outside of wrestling. Rollins I, just a wrestling dork. Who cares? I, I completely I <laughs> once again, from a business standpoint of how the WWE looks at things, I totally I totally get it, right? But as a story on the show, that's gotta be strange, even to people who don't know what's going on, where they're like, wait, Rollins is like one of the best wrestlers they have. And but like he can't get on the show, but but like but you know the uh,
2: whole the whole storylines going into WrestleMania this year are like, how do we get on the show? After Rollins and Owens lost that tag team match, like, oh, well, how are they going to get on this show now? And Owens is like, I'll just call out Steve Austin. That's how I'll get on the show. And now Rollins is like, well, let me beat you so I can get the interview with Steve Austin. You need to be a champion to get on the show. They don't have actual like stories going into WrestleMania. It's legitimately just like, hey, how can we get on WrestleMania? That's what the show is nowadays. It's
3: stupid. Oh, I agree. It's very stupid. It, it's bad. It's just a bad show. But but they, so there's so much to unpack with all this because it's like the reason Steve Austin is even coming back in story is because Kevin Owens is talking so much trash about Texas. Yeah. So at least that makes sense somewhat, right? Seth Rollins has nothing to do with this. So like, why, like Seth, why would Steve Austin even show up? It's like, oh, Seth Rollins interviewing me. Like, I'm not going to come. He's like, my whole beef is with Kevin Owens. Like, that's the whole point of this. And so it's just, it's just, uh, man, there's so much I can talk about with all this, but. Um, Seth yeah, Rollins just, should have
2: answered Edge's open challenge instead of AJ. He should have just <sighs> come out there and attacked Edge. I don't care that they'd done this match to death. He should have just come out there if he wanted to be. He should have issued his own open challenge If Seth wanted to be on WrestleMania, it seems like anybody can do it. Why does Edge get to get to do it? I would have answered your open challenge, Seth, I'm the glove around (laughs) me. But if I did, I would have taken the glove and smacked you with it. I'll fight you too, Seth. I'll beat the shit out of both of you guys.
3: Yeah, I mean, you tried to accept Edge's open challenge. I did accept it. Let's let's
2: make the record very clear. I did accept Edge's open challenge. For some reason, he did not acknowledge that because he's a little bitch and he's scared. That that's what actually happened, but it was accepted. I was the first person to accept it. I can't help it that he was like, oh no, I'm just going to ignore this challenge because he's scared.
3: That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and on top of all of this, by the way, and right, this, this is a point that needs to be made. Yeah. So the WrestleMania crowd that like travels in for WrestleMania and stuff like that's a little different than your normal WWE audience, right? Because a lot of people that are like just big fans go to WrestleMania. But in the build-up to WrestleMania, the majority, I would bet, the majority of their current fan base has never seen Steve Austin wrestle or is too young to have been a fan of his. Like, they can't even miss what they never had with Steve Austin. So this whole story is about getting an interview. They had a match on Raw for a spot to be able to interview a wrestler that these fans have never been a fan of. So, like, this is just... So anyways, that all being said, that let's take let's take this into the actual topic. So the big thing now is, well, it's got to be Cody, right? There's no one left. Like it's got like Seth is it feels like they're just stringing this along week after week cuz maybe Cody isn't signing or whatever there's some sort of hold up or whatever it is. Or maybe this was the plan all along and he's going to debut in Chicago. Dude, I'm telling y'all if Cody doesn't show up by this Monday in in Chicago, I bet you Seth Rollins' opponent is Veer. I bet you Veer comes, and that's what it winds up being. And that's going to be hilarious.
2: Good. Let
3: it be Veer.
2: I hope it is Veer. Everyone keeps saying the same thing with Cody. Oh, it's going to be this week. It's going to be this week. Jacksonville. Got to do it there. Chicago. Big, big wrestling town. You know, got to do it there. Then until Cody shows up. I ain't buying it. I actually watched Raw to, to see. Is I I thought Cody was going to show up. They keep talking nightmares. They keep Corey Graves said dashing. He's like, oh, Seth Rollins, WrestleMania Dream dashed. It's like, okay. you They've been hinting at it enough, right? They've been hinting at it so much. It's like, oh, it's definitely going to happen. Here's the thing with WWE. They don't got a plan with this stuff. They've been saying <laughs> Veer is coming since October. They don't have actual plans for any of this shit okay so they they can hint at it hint at it hint at it and there could be legitimately no payoff to it they're just doing it to pop themselves because i don't think graves actually knows if cody's going to be there he's probably again he's probably just saying this stuff
3: because it pops him he's like well cody's definitely coming and then, cody may never come yeah he might never come and, and veer might never come either we don't know um but, yeah, it's I, – I also – I'd be interested. There's no way of really knowing this, the like, really gauging it for sure. But, like, I'm interested to know how many people, like, in Raw's overall ratings right now. I think they did, like, a 1.7 this week when I looked or whatever, sure. something like that. It doesn't really matter. But, but at the end of the day, the reason I bring that up is because I wonder if that's really, like well, – I wonder what that number really looks like if it doesn't include all of the people that are literally only watching – to see if Cody shows up or not, because if he doesn't, I think you're just going to lose all those people again. So, like, and I think there's a lot of us that are doing that. By the way, there's a lot of people because, and I and I wouldn't usually say this because I know people are going to say that I'm, I'm a big Cody, like I'm a I'm too much of a Cody fan. And it, you went to,
2: you, you're on the same wrestling team as Cody. Do you have his number? Can you just call him up and be like, "Hey, where are well, you at? Can so, we get the scoop for Cody?"
3: So the thing, the thing is though, is like. I know I'm not being overly too much of like a fanboy about this, because when I look at my timeline during raw, it's all about where's Cody. Everybody's saying this every Monday and then they get really, really upset when he doesn't show up. So it's like, I I just, it's, it's fascinating because I think WWE is leaning into it as well. I think that whether Cody's showing up or not, they're using this to try to pull people in under the, under the guys that like Cody's coming in and like, they know that. So that's why they keep dropping all these Cody hints and little wordplay stuff that like leads you to believe that he's going to show up soon because like, they're like, Hey, well, I mean, they might be going, Hey, Cody's not coming here, but like everyone thinks he is. And like people are tuning in thinking he is. So like, we'll just roll with it until he doesn't show until Veer comes, then we'll, uh, then we'll just not talk about Cody anymore. You know, I, or maybe Cody does show up, you know, it could totally be Cody at WrestleMania, but like, if they're going to do that, they literally have to, like, it has to be next week. WrestleMania is in like two weeks. Right. So like, I think three, well, three I and hope- two, however you look at it, it is over the weekend. So it's hard to say, but yeah.
2: yeah, I hope Cody is using all of this for leverage. Well, I say, I hope he's using it for leverage. And like, he hasn't actually signed. He's like, you guys are keep teasing this. Like, I'm just not going to show up. Like, I'm not going to sign. And you've teased something and then you don't deliver it. And I'd say, like, that's a good thing. But then I I think about that and that Vince would probably be like, so here's a shit. We tease plenty of things that we don't deliver. Even though Vince's whole, like, mindset and motto, uh, I think Undertaker has said this before uh, of like, Vince doesn't like teasing anything that he can't deliver on, which, uh, I mean, that's the the story of WWE for about the last two decades now. Um, Yeah, I, I. I don't know when Cody is going to come. I assume it is on Monday. I don't actually know that to be true, though. Jensen, you have mentioned you needed a, a Cody, a buddy. Yeah,
3: Can absolutely. I explain I, this. You're so taking
2: applications.
3: I, I I am. Um. So I tweeted after. On top. By the way, I watched Raw on Monday. I was offered free box seats to the Hawks game on Monday night. And I didn't go. And they serve Jewish food, which I love. They serve latkes because my brother went. And He was like, "Dude, you're missing out on free latkes." And I was like, "You got to be kidding I was like, Cody, better show up at this point
2: because the
3: Blackhawks. L- L- La- what are latkes? No, no, no I actually, know what a latkes oh, play. oh, oh, I bet you're asking what latkes. Were. No. <laughs> Anyways, so I well, I didn't go to this game on Monday. Um, and it once again, I'm watching in the hopes that Cody doesn't show up because I don't want him in the company. But like at the same time, I'm like. <laughs> I mean, I'm missing a basketball game for this. That so would have been a lot of fun. Um, now, what really pissed me off was my brother's at the game, and he's like, "Hey, man, they got TVs in the box. You could have just turned on." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, oh, it's box boxy, Jensen. I could have told you this. Box seats uh, have TVs." I didn't even think about it like that. Um, and it was a late invitation, by the way. It wasn't like something I had to like plant to like plan and prepare for. It was kind of like a last minute thing, extra ticket type thing. And it was already kind of like sunk in my couch and like you know. But anyways, Cody, a bill buddy, so. I put this out on Twitter after watching just a, I don't even know what the word is, just a bad episode of Raw for three hours. And the show ends, I put the tweet out. Um, I had probably between direct messages and like comments and just like random people reaching out. I legitimately probably had around 50 people be like, either ask me what the actual pay was, like being like interested and like thinking it was like a really a a paying job um and people who were just willing to do it for free so what i'm looking for for cody abilibuddy is someone needs to watch every WWE program really just raw or smackdown because we know he ain't showing up on nxt or like level up or whatever uk any of that stuff um but watch raw and smackdown for me um if cody shows up alert me immediately and i'm not talking like his segment ends it's like hey cody's here it's like remember back in the day when we had like when like the next tell chirp was a big thing like when you hit it was like the walkie talkie for your cell phone like it it called people faster than a phone like if that still existed like i would have wanted someone to use that for me like like cody shows up chirp me like i need to be i need to be alerted immediately so i can get to my television and see what's going on um i joked that the pay would be david buster's power card credits um i don't think that's a joke depending on how good of a job you do, that might not be a joke. <laughs> I might give you, I might even just give you some Dave and Buster's NFTs. Cause I got a ton of them. Um, and you might potentially become rich in an you, alternate universe in the future. So you know, listen,
2: you've just turned off people from applying for this job. Well, it's that or nothing. Okay. I'm not going
3: to pay somebody who's already watching <laughs> raw to, to just text me. But, but the thing is I have, um, I've legitimately got, um, like JJ, JJ, I was going to reach out to you anyways. I saw your messages um, JJ, please do this for me. Um, JJ is going to be one of my, uh, Cody bill buddies. I've got Amanda Raifman, a uh, K fabulous. He said, she'll, she'll shoot me something. Um, if, uh, if he shows up, I've got like three or four people that like, like are committed to this for me. So, uh, So yeah, um, we need, you know,
2: you know what we need is I'm sure you have like the ESPN app or the score app or something like that. Some type of like sports app and you get alerts like score alerts, news alerts, like, oh, hey, like for for hockey, for example, I'll get an alert every time the abs game, like 15 minutes before puck drop. And then when there's a goal, like five minutes left, close game, uh, a game ends. Like you just get alerts. Any type of breaking news, you get alerts. We need this in the wrestling world, right? Of like, hey, this Kenny Omega match, like you could turn on alerts for certain wrestlers. To and so, Kenny Omega is on your television. Turn on the alert. This Omega match is starting. Turn on your alert. Like some type of alert like that. So like when Thunder Rosa Britt Baker started last night, you get an alert that hey, this match is starting right now. Get to your TV. We somebody designed this. All right, J- J- uh, cut Jensen and I in on the on the the IP for the idea. But somebody smarter than us designed this app to where. It's a wrestling news app and you get alerts for it. Where's Jimmy Van? Somebody tell talk to Jimmy yes. van. Pitch it. Jimmy's got a bunch of money from from what I've been told. I don't see a dime of it. But somebody pitched this to, to Jimmy Van. He's gonna fire me. Uh somebody pitched this to Jimmy Van. I'm like, i like I like here, too. <laughs> uh somebody, somebody alert Jimmy Van to create this app, get his team on it, and, and let's make this wrestling, this wrestling news app. It'll be fightful news, but then you have alerts for wrestlers that when hey, they're on the television. The alert gets pushed through. Let's make this happen, everybody.
3: I like it. I like it. J- JJ with a comment. I think that's pretty funny. I get to watch Ross or so Jensen can have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I see the thing is, I'm not, it's not like I'm out there like having like a blast on Monday. Well, I guess I could have this past Monday at the at the basketball game, but um this is really more so because I just don't see any now. Granted, we do this show and we do need to have some WWE topics to talk about, right? So so it's not like I'm one of those people that's like, I have no reason to we watch. We don't. Watch I now. literally ate a peanut butter dipped Oreo last week we instead of talking about WWE. That's true. But I'm I'm, I'm making at least the bare minimum em, effort to have some sort of idea of what is going on so that I'm not a fish out of water here. But once again, both of us have watched the WWE for like 3 decades, so it's like we we got a pretty good grasp on like For instance, I do great on Wrestle Rumble entries every month and I barely watch the show. And it's because I just have to think Who does Vince think is a bigger star? They're probably going to win. I don't even have to know the stories. I don't have to, you know what I mean? So it's like, we have a pretty educated opinion on this stuff, whether we're watching weekly or not. We just have to kind of fill in the blanks of like what they're actually doing week to week. But, you know, it's just one of those things where like, I just don't want to be one of those guys, these sad, pathetic, just these, these sad souls that I see on Twitter that just breathes super heavy into their keyboards and type in all caps and just watch Raw every week thinking it's going to get better and they just like I'd rather just not watch the show cuz cuz once again Jeremy I mean I I watch so much wrestling a week you do and hardly any of it is WWE but I can I can spend my dude if I'm going to spend my 3 hours on a Monday watching wrestling I'd rather catch up on like a couple shows off like iwtv or something that like I might have missed from you know uh, some some indie show on YouTube or something like, you know. So it's just one of those things. I just don't want to be one of those guys watch, just hate watching this show and like just sounding like I'm just this like, just this sour curmudgeon dude who like, you know, it was great in my day and it isn't anymore. Because Because the thing is, if I was a six-year-old kid or an eight-year-old kid or whatever, this would be good. Like, so I understand like there, I get it. Like I, this, there are people that love this show. Dude, here's a great example. I know somebody who went to Raw, really recently um not a wrestling fan but his kid has recently gotten into it and he went to the show he said his kid had a blast this kid's like less than 10 years old and i and i asked immediately i said uh he was like yeah yeah he was his favorite wrestler was there and before he even told me who it was i said is it roman reigns he goes yeah yeah roman like that's his guy and it's like okay so it's working like roman i mean roman's the top guy the kids love him i mean this is all good stuff for the WWE. and then he said dude I had a blast. I didn't know who anybody was. I didn't know anything, but it's like the production, like the 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 pyro and the the the, all the, all the different uh, digital uh, augmented reality type stuff or whatever you see all over the arena and in the lights and the wrestling was completely secondary to them. It was all just like this big fun show that they did as a family. They're like going to the circus or something, right? And and the circus. Well, I mean, it kind of is for people who aren't like big time fans. It just comes it to is. town and they go, Hey, WWE's in town. I guess yeah. I'll go. And they have a good time at the show. So like, I'm not going to sit here and tell those people, they can't have fun at these shows. Like, cause you know, that I have no problem with that. But, but as somebody who's watched wrestling for you know 30 years or whatever, and like, there's all these other companies that I really, really love. I just don't see the point in, in hate watching something now, the last thing I'll say about this is there are some differences depending on who you're talking about here. Right. There are people like Sean and stuff that like their actual job, like he has to watch raw like that, like his part of his job is to watch raw and review raw and watch SmackDown and review SmackDown. So like I have nothing against people who legitimately have to do this for their job. But luckily for me, the majority of like my space here at Fightful is, is indie stuff. So like, as long as I know my stuff there, I feel like I'm doing my part. So, um, so yeah, that's just, you know just kind of a lot of feelings i have about it once again i'll i'll, I'll wrap it up in a bow like this if you like the WWE, there's nothing wrong with that keep watching it keep supporting it um if you don't like the show please find something else to do with your time because you're literally just wasting your time and everyone else's nobody cares how much you don't like raw yeah i'm sorry to say so
2: can't wait to make you watch raw next week for cody potentially showing up no you're gonna watch cody's i got the bill buddy
3: man sure i don't have to yeah True. yeah
2: just text them. You guys are high school high school. So I'll, I'll say this
3: too, because I've actually had people ask me th- that specifically a few times, right? So my thing with Cody is I'll, I'll be dead honest. The reason why I don't try to contact him more often. And the reason that I, I don't, I, I, I don't mind that people know that I went to high school with him and stuff. Cause that just kind of reinforces my point of why I'm such a big fan of his, but I never want anybody to ever even get the hint of an idea that I I'm at where I'm at in like this wrestling media space or game or whatever because of him. Cause he he has helped me zero percent as far as like making connections, getting interview. Like I just know him from back in the day. But like I just never want that to be a thing where people are like, Oh, he's only doing this because he knows Cody, he's doing that because you know so I have separate myself from it completely. Um, I would love to do an interview with him when he retires. Like I'd love to be the guy who does like the Ric Flair style, you know, where like Ric Flair spitting into the spitting into the thing for the hours. But you don't want Mark Madden. <laughs> but but I'd like to be the guy who like sits down and does like a, like a career retrospective, like whenever Cody retires, so I can go from high school through OBW, through WWE through AEW through like whatever's next, um, and do something like that. But that's you know just full full transparency, full disclosure. Like I I just don't want anyone to ever think that. Any sort of relationship I'd had with Cody in the past has anything to do with my success in this space. So that's the reason I I just I just really don't. I don't think I don't think anybody would have thought thought that. I I know you've told the the story that you guys went to high school. I
2: just kind of figured it it ended there. Like you guys just happened to go to the same high school.
3: When and it, so. and it pretty much did. But but it's one of those things where like if I go to a show that he's at, like I can say certain things from the crowd, right? Like so there's mm-hmm. something called MTXE, which was our motto in high school. And the high school wrestling team it stands for mental toughness, extra effort. So like if I'm at a show that he's at and it gets quiet and I yell out MTXE, his ears will go up like a dog and he'll start looking around. Who just said MTXE? Pictures of his dog. Yeah, right. Um, uh, But it's one of those things where like I don't have some like some like super tight relationship with him like right now. And so I mean we went to high school other 15 years ago, but it is something where like. If I see him at a show and I get a chance to talk to him or shake his hand or something, he does know who I am. Like, we interact on Twitter occasionally, but I would never be the kind of guy to be like, Hey, Cody, are you going to the WWE? Like, you know what I mean? Like, do I'm not expecting I'll, I'll message to... Cody right now. <laughs> Cody. Do not yeah. do that. It's going to be so friend? embarrassing to me. <laughs> Dude, don't, just don't bring my name into it. No one's going to tag you. It's like,
2: Hey, Cody. <laughs> oh, hey, man. I'll message him. Here we go. Hey, at, what's his at? Cody Rhodes. Hey, Cody Rhodes, yeah. Hey at Cody Rhodes, are you going to WWE?
3: <laughs> there.
2: This is ask directly for the source. I won't tag you in it. I, I won't.
3: Yeah, I appreciate hey, that. Um Sean Williams says, Am I supposed to know who Jensen is and know his relationship with Cody? I'm confused. Uh no, you're not necessarily supposed to know who I am. That's fine if you don't. Um, but most people that listen to any of the stuff that I do, whether it's here or any of the other platforms that I like I pop oh, yeah. up on. It's pretty common knowledge. Um, that that's why we're talking about it. There. Yeah, just yeah, just go ahead and ask him.
2: This
3: <laughs> is just... I'll get the scoop. Everybody, everybody's afraid to ask tough questions around here. There, I just yeah. messaged Cody and see see if he's going to WWE. Uh, yeah, and, and and once again, once again, Sean, just just so you know, Sean Williams, it's one of those things too, where like because I'm such a big Cody fan, a lot of people get really confused by that and they're like why is he always talking about Cody? Why is he such a big fan of Cody? Cody fucking rules. When I'm like, why why. there's that, but I'm also like, y'all don't understand. I was watching this dude win state championships in high school wrestling. And like, I was a fan of him then before he was even a pro wrestler. You know what I mean? Like that's just, I just got like a a, a link to the dude, you know, Reggie Simmons says, so happy to start following you guys.
2: Very entertaining and informative. Thanks Reggie. We appreciate you. Uh, Ricardo says, I also watched raw for Cody. I regretted it. I like that Jensen's just like hate watches where also Cody doesn't show up. So it's like at the end of the show when he's not there, I just see Jensen like fist pump, like, yes, yes, he didn't show up. Let's go. Let's go. No, Cody. Everybody else is disappointed that Cody didn't show up. Jensen's celebrating. Frank says "Uh, there's a lot of blue balls and people not coming to the main roster, but that must be why they're overcompensating with NXT 2.0. Yeah, probably. I don't, know, I don't watch NXT 2.0, right? I barely watch WWE, but I like talking about Cody because uh, Jensen Jensen enjoys it. Uh, let's move on to, to AEW. Last night, Thunder Rosa at the big AEW women's title victory. She defeated Britt Baker inside the steel cage. I think a lot of people saw this coming, especially after she lost at the pay-per-view. And then being in her hometown, she got the big entrance and everything. She had an interview with Busted Open at, where she was very emotional talking about what was to come and everything. Uh, but Thunder Rosa, they got the title on her. Jensen, what do you think of this decision, this match, and just overall thoughts on it?
3: I think that the match was really, really good. I really liked the cage match. Um, I think it. A lot of people were really disappointed with the pay-per-view match and how things went and the result and stuff. But like obviously, the long play was to get to this moment where she won in front of her home, her home crowd, and her family and everything in the steel cage and really, uh, really wrapped up this. Uh, the storyline and feud with Britt Baker. So I thought it was all really well done. I think it's been a long time coming for Thunder Rosa to be the AEW women's champion, nothing against Britt. I thought she was the right person to have the title when she had it as well. And she did a very, very good job with it. And she's very over. Um, But Thunder Rosa, in my opinion, if we're talking like the women of AEW, I think Thunder Rosa and uh, Serena Deeb are the, are the two best on the roster, like all around. And Thunder Rosa has been like that literally since day one in AEW. Like even back when she was, you know, technically an NWA wrestler, and she was just coming in and doing some matches of uh, with AEW. Even then, people were like, "Man, she is super talented." And that's not even just a single at the women. Like if we're looking at the whole roster, I'd put Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa up there with anyone of any gender. That's how talented I think the two of them are. So it's one of those things where like there's. Thunderosa Rosa is 100% worthy of being the AEW women's champion. Um, and if she would have lost in that spot, it would have really hurt her. I think because like the, she yeah. it needed to happen the way that it happened. And, and I think it was just, it was really well done. I thought the match was great. And uh, I have no complaints at all. I think, I think the right person won. And, uh, and the other thing too, is Brit's going to be fine either way because she's super over. She's, she's good. And she's, she's good in the ring. She's just not like on the same level as, as Thunder, in my opinion, but she's, what she doesn't have in the ring, she more than makes up for with in charisma and how over she is so she'll have a, a top spot no matter what going forward whether it's as like a singles wrestler trying to like get the title back or anything she could do with adam cole because like there's a ton of stories you can run with the two of them as a couple and stuff so like she has plenty of options to keep her like towards the top of the card so it doesn't hurt Britt baker it helps Thunderosa. so like I, I i was a fan of, of all of this so what about you
2: I, I thought it was a very good match. I, it was better than the pay per view match, not quite as good as the lights out match, but that was a lot to live up to. I'm um, yeah. more than anything, hope they have a plan with Thunder Rosa. Like they have a, a challenger lined up for her next. I feel like it's going to be Serena Deeb if, if she ends the feud with, with Sheeta and, and wins that. I know they they hinted at a new direction for, for Chris Statlander. We'll see where that goes. But that was the disappointing thing with Britt's run. It's like Britt was doing great on television beforehand she won the title I was like oh this is gonna really reignite the division like here we go brit's gonna be on tv all the time and she was like they they put her backstage a little bit too much for like my liking but a lot of her title matches were just like Oh, I'm just going to interrupt you. And then we're just going to kind of take like little cheap shots at each other. And it doesn't feel like there was enough meat on the bone for a lot of her, her title matches. And I didn't like that. I hope that there is more with, with Thunder Rosa because she doesn't cut too many promos. She, she said it before, like she, she would like to get a little bit of my time. She's been working hard on her English and everything. So I'd like to see her get more promo time and everything like that. Just have just have a next step. Whatever that might be, just have a next step for for Thunder Rosa. But I, I thought this was the the perfect time to to do the title title switch. And yeah, Britt Britt's gonna be fine. She'll remain on TV in different segments. I imagine at some point Britt's gonna feud with Hater and everything. Um, it, once they once they break up that group, we shall see. But whatever whatever's next for Thunder Rosa, I hope it gets the the proper time that deserve. And there is actual feuds and not just like let me interrupt you and then let's just go on and, and have this match. And that's the end of it. Like don't people up actually put some, some thought and some effort into some of these stories beyond simple interruption. Hey, let's take little cheap shots at each other.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm totally with you. I think that, uh I think it will be hater and thunder or sorry, hater and Brit uh going forward. Cause they've really, they've really started building to that for a minute so i think that that makes the most sense and it'll help jamie hater a lot too because she has a lot of talent and she just needs to get out there in some big matches and like really kind of prove herself in front of the aw audience and i think she'll definitely do that I and mean, also just for what it's worth like sean williams like i i see a man i don't take any disrespect from anything you said i any y'all can say anything you want to about me or about wrestling or anything in the comments as long as you're being respectful about it like I'm, t- I'm dude, I'm super, super, super easy and, and like liberal and stuff when it comes to a lot of this, like I, you know what I mean? Like if it's okay that people have different opinions on wrestling, like it's totally fine with me. So, um, never feel like you have to apologize for having an opinion or something on wrestling. Like it's, it's, it's all, it's all good. I just appreciate everyone who comes in here and watches this show with us. I I, I really appreciate it a lot. So I don't, our chat's awful. Um,
2: now they're actually very kind human beings and I yeah, do they rule, rule Our chat rules,
3: here. man. Our
2: chat does rule. Uh, so yeah, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, great stuff. Uh, once we get the Fightful app launched and you can get notifications of, of when. Wait, we need a blood notification as well, so that way whenever there's blood in a match, that goes off. That I, like, we knew there was going to be blood and that stuff. Uh, I, I little shocked they used the tax. I don't know why, but a little shocked they. Used. The one, the bump that looked like it sucked was the when the chairs were stacked up and that thing did not give at all. Like when Britt took that. That looked like it was awful. Uh, but but bless yeah. Britt Baker on that one. Yeah. And the hardcore the hardcore uh icon, Britt Baker. Um my AW spotlight is the Jericho Appreciation Society and Chris Jericho's promo where he he renamed Matt Lee and Jeff Parker. Uh Daniel Garcia called himself a sports entertainer. Jake Hager stood there, which is what you want from Jake Hager. But Jericho basically cut a anti AEW promo cuz AEW was all about wrestling and he leaned into the sports entertainment stuff and I thought this was fantastic and I thought this was a great way cuz like it's good when you just want to like combat what your company is known for to be a, uh, to use this as like a heel device combat uh what your company is known for by going the completely opposite direction and Jericho was smart about this stuff and that's what he did here's my issue with it I don't need this and the damn Lambert stuff on the same show because one is doing it in an entertaining, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, kind of way, and the other one just sucks. And I don't need both of these things on the show trying to be the same type of heel. That's where I, I don't, I don't like it, and that, that's my disconnect there. But as far as Jericho stuff goes, I love it.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another one where okay, I did not go to high school with Chris Jericho, obviously, <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm. Jericho is my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, I talk about that a lot. Um, And a big reason is because, you know, I was a fan back from WCW I, and I was able to watch his ECW run like almost right after it happened, because I became such a big Jericho fan in WCW. Then of course his big blow up in WWF was just awesome. The Y2J stuff and all that, right. And, and just to see his longevity. And the reason I say all that is because when you see him do something like he did last night, that was the first time in a while. I think between that and the Kingston match, that was the first time in a while that I—I I looked like the internet was kind of turning back towards appreciating. It was ironic, the Jericho Appreciation Society, but the the fans were kind of like appreciating him more again because he was really getting shit on pretty bad for a while there from from the audience. that thought he was like unmotivated and out of shape and not having the matches he needed to, and all this stuff and and other stuff like outside of wrestling that that people have opinions on. But I'm talking strictly like wrestling in the ring and all that in the presentation on the show when he, when he has a match like he did with Kingston, which I thought was the second best match of a, I, I thought punk and MJF was the match of the night that night, but, but to have the, what I consider to be the second best match, you could granted, You could have picked like five or six matches to be the match of the night on that show. But um, just the fact that that match stood out to me as like the second best match on a insanely stacked card. I think a lot of people were like, damn, like Kingston's the man, but also Jericho, like, That's a lot Jericho, too, in a match like that. I mean, they both had to really go out there. You can tell he's rededicated himself. He looks younger. He looks healthier. Um, He's always been great on the microphone. And I think that this whole Jericho Appreciation Society, the name itself is made to draw heat. Like, people that are upset about the name, like, it's working. Because, like, that's why they've called themselves that, is because it is so corny and so on the nose. But I, I, I think it's been cool seeing kind of a lot of these fans that I feel like, have turned on Jericho because once again, this is a guy who's wrestled for 30 years and he was like at the top of his game for a lot of it, in my opinion. So we're talking like, I know he had some years that he took off, but we're talking like the majority of like 30 years. And maybe he has run over the last like year, six months or whatever. Hasn't been great, but it's nice to see people kind of turn back around and be like, you know what? Jericho is great on the mic still. And he is still having some pretty damn good matches. And that Kingston match ruled. And like, he looks like he's healthy and he's in shape and like, Say, it seemed like people were digging what he's doing now. And uh, and I like seeing it. I like seeing it. And, and I, I have no doubt in my mind that Jericho will – there's a lot of cool stuff they'll do with this. I was shocked when Daniel Garcia called himself a sports entertainer. I was like, but that's so perfect because you know he's going to be kind of like the Sammy Guevara of this inner circle type thing, right? Like this is a big part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. A big part of it, I think, is going to be to get Daniel Garcia to that next level of being like a really credible singles guy um, in like the in like the near or distant future, depending on how long kind of this group and these stories run. So and, and also I think that having 2.0 with Jericho is brilliant because like they can feed off of each other perfectly. They're all over the top goofy and it like works really well. And then Hager's just like just kind of the straight dude on the on the end who's he's the there. big he's the muscle, you know, he's um. There he's there but he doesn't have to really wrestle to be you know what i mean like Good. he just had he's just a he's just kind of like a almost a bodyguard type guy to the group so i like the jas um i i thought the promo was was great last night um so as a jericho fan i'm excited for this I, and and the inner circle had was stale and it was played out and it needed to end so like i thought i i personally i like this what about you Oh, I I thought it was, I thought it was great. People are mentioning that Lambert hasn't cut too
2: many promos lately. Good. I don't, I don't need Dan Lambert promos period, especially if they're going to do this stuff with Jericho. Now it would be a little bit too much of the same uh, for me. I do. I guess Jericho is still on rampage commentary. I do want him on commentary, just being very over the top with his his sports. I mean, he already yells enough as it is, (laughs) but I want him doing like the sports entertainment cliches. Every time there's a tag, I need Jericho to say tag because that is something that irritates me about Michael Cole and just every WWE announcer. Do vintage stuff. Do what a maneuver stuff. Just be like total sports. Use the buzzwords that I know Jericho can throw out there. Like do all of this shit on commentary. Like continue to lean into it as much as possible. Um, So I think it was JJ mentioned that open the show with a 20 minute promo. Like, I don't know if I need to go that long, but I would like to see it like, just like Jericho open the show with a promo, like lean into it enough, but don't have it completely, you know, kill the entire show. I, it will be interesting. I assume they're feuding with, with Eddie Kingston and now Santana Ortiz. I mean, whoever they align with, if anybody uh, bring in homicide, please. Um, but Eddie Kingston and Jericho, these promo battles. Now they're going to be great. Yeah, Jericho, man, he, he finds a way to do, do this stuff, and the crea- the crowd is always with it. No matter what you think about Jericho, personally, professionally, personally, there are certain things, but like professionally, like this man is just always gonna get a reaction and he's always gonna find a way to 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 reinvent himself and to stay relevant. And he's done it here. So bless the man. I, I thought I thought his promo last night was was fantastic. And I'm very interested to see like the Garcia stuff. So I do think, uh, no, I have no relation with Dan Lambert. Um, I do think that they they do run a risk with Garcia of going like too campy with him and like taking away his his wrestling ability. I don't want that. I do want Daniel Garcia to still be like Daniel Garcia, great professional wrestler and not like, oh, let's give Daniel Garcia like a gimmick and like a character to, to take away that that I'm interested to see how the Garcia Portion plays out because you're right, like 2.0 it, That's who they are right They're, they're kind of WWE-esque with their Over the top goofiness so that works Hager's Hager but Garcia Is the the cog here is going to be like Alright are they going to go too heavy with this And like take away what makes Daniel Garcia Special or Are they going to bring something out of Daniel Garcia Sort of like Brian Danielson where people are like Oh this isn't a WWE guy Like he has no charisma was was the knock on danielson and then he went to wv
3: it could do like any character you wanted and just made it great i'm interested to see where daniel garcia goes with all this that's a good point too because i remember when uh, danielson came into the WWE, he came in through nxt and his pro was the Miz, and everyone yeah. was like why the hell would you and like it's a show that has like william regal and like chris jericho and all these stuff involved all these guys involved and it was like how would you put him with the miz of all people and it was for that exact reason the story was like teaching him personality basically and uh i think i think the jas is somewhat of a red herring though for garcia like i think that at some point he will realize like these guys are not like me at all and he will eventually wind up with like the danielson mocks and stable with with regal and 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 i mean we saw hints of it with of wheeler Utah last night as well where like i think more of these technical wrestling dudes the younger ones especially they're going to start trying to kind of like submit their applications to get in with regal mox and uh and danielson and kind of the interview is getting slapped in the face like that and seeing how you respond to it and if you want to keep coming back or not um so I think the long game is Garcia eventually being with those guys, but I think the short term game is to just like bring a little something different out of Garcia before he before he maybe joins up with those other dudes.
2: And, and that that could be what, what it is. And yeah, I'm interested to see how the Daniel Garcia portion uh, of all of this plays out. Ricardo says Jeremy should refer to him as cousin Dan. I might start that bit. Um, it's very possible that. Yeah possible i'll get in trouble for that one so i don't know but i might start that one uh let's move on to the other spotlight, and my other spotlight is the briscoe brothers uh sean put out the report that warner media was a little bit hesitant to to sign the briscoes because of past homophobic comics made by uh jay Jay briscoe and jay has apologized in the uh in the past he's apologized multiple times and then they did an interview with a battleground um and jay once again apologized and said that you know the briscoes love everybody and they, he kind of explained why he did it mark explained that you know we thought we thought it was for the lord but the lord loves everybody and the lord is above everything um and they even said like there's only one perfect perfect person and they crucified him look man i think we we all feel a certain type of way about the briscoes i think they're one of the best tag teams to, to ever do it Like as wrestlers there are no denying like how great they are, whether it's in ring or or on the microphone, anything like that. Like they just have a a personality and a charisma about them that like you pay attention to that stuff. And it feels very real. It feels very natural. Everything they are doing, the comments that Jay made, obviously not good, not defending those in the least. I will defend that like people change and people grow and people mature. And by all accounts, people have forgiven Jay Briscoe. Like, People who you would want to stand up for Jay Briscoe have said like, hey, he's been fine with me and everything. As far as I can tell with Jay, he feels very remorseful about all of this stuff. Um, and I don't think that these comments from nine years ago, which were not good, should be held against them getting some type of big contract in AEW. Where they've got other people there who haven't expressed similar uh, remorse or have that type of forgiveness. So I hope that things work out with Jay Briscoe and Warner Media figures it out and the Briscoes get paid like they, they should have been paid a very long time ago. But the biggest thing out of this is realize that people can change, okay? Just like realize people can change. And if you can see actual remorse, which I think you can with Jay Briscoe, where other people you, you can't, and I'm not just referring to people in AEW referring to WWE Hall of Famers, then like second chances are 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 a thing in, in this case, and I know the Briscoes they've given they've been given chances ROH and they've proved themselves in that. But like second chances, third chances they're a thing. I, I hope things get worked out with the Briscoes and they do get a bigger platform and they're on AAW and they can have these great matches that a lot of fans want to see.
3: Yeah, yeah, you 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 said it really well actually just then. I don't have a I don't have a whole lot more I can add. I, I will say. Um, I'll preface anything I say by just putting this out there. Um, I'm straight and I'm not Christian. So like my, my perspective is going to be a bit different probably. And what I would really be interested in is to talk to like 10 or 20 people that are gay and that are Christian and, and get the perspective and reasons of like the from people that, that have forgiven him and people that haven't. And like that, that would give me a really good kind of gauge of like, Okay, maybe I'm not seeing it quite how I should, or maybe I need to put myself in these other shoes. It's it's hard for me to have a, you know what I mean. It's like it, I don't know if it's my place to really have a really strong opinion, because I'm not of the group that like is, you know what I'm saying. Like I'm not I'm not part of like the group that was like would have been like really really offended by this stuff. Now that said, I'm I'm definitely an ally to like the LGBTQ plus community. Like I strongly support same sex marriages. Um, I just want people to be happy with other people that they're happy with. Like, I don't care who you love, like live the best life you can. Like, it's none of my business one way or the other, one way or the other. Um, but it's one of those things where like, when you're a guy, so these guys are chicken farmers from Delaware that were raised incredibly like by the Bible is what it seems. Right. And, and the way that it sounds to me and the way that I kind of digest the Briscoes and their apologies and stuff is when they made those comments like 10 years ago, they legitimately thought, like, I'm saying this because this is like what I've been taught in the Bible. And this kind of just trumps any other kind of reasoning that I would need to have. Like, and I know people like that in my real life, people that are like super intelligent people that are really, really logical thinkers, um, that I get along with great. But like they'll be some of them, they'll be like really against certain things, like same sex marriage or something and it'll be really confusing to me but their 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 rationale will be well because that's how that's what it says in the bible and that's what I've always been taught and like I know it's I know it's they'll even say sometimes like I know it's a wrong way to think but like that's what I follow is, is these words and it just it doesn't matter like logic just doesn't matter like they are blindly following that now what i thought a few things right one they've apologized a lot for this and it did
0: happen a long time ago and there hasn't been like this like repeat com slash fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with help. BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash fightful.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day to find out more visit parker.com purpose parker engineering your success
3: he did like them doing this and then apologizing and them doing this and apologizing they're apologizing for the same thing from 10 years ago over and over and over again and they're not repeating the actions and on top of that, I think it was really important. I think it was Mark Briscoe during that interview that jumped in and was like, "Like you, you brought it up as well." He's like, "Hey, now we think different. Like we still follow the Lord, but like the Lord loves everybody, and we didn't, we didn't understand that ten years ago. And things have changed, and our mindsets have changed. And I just feel like when something happens that long ago, once again, I'm not, I'm not defending the comments because I disagree with those comments, but like personally, but." we're talking 10 years ago, apology after apology. If they were, if they were, like I said, if this was a thing where like every couple of years, they were saying something like this and then apologizing, it'd be different, but they're apologizing for something from so long ago, over and over and over again. And I legitimately, I, you know, I can't accept their apology because I, I am not gay, you know? Cause I, so I don't, I'm not the one whose apology. They really need that needs the acceptance from, but like, You know, that's just kind of where I'm at on it is like, for me as a wrestling fan, as just somebody who like, I've made mistakes, you've made mistakes, we've all made mistakes and said, dude, I was, I'm 33 years old. When I was 25, even I was a completely different person than I am right now. Like things change so much over time and to, and, and to kind of blacklist these guys, like from being a part of AEW because of this one thing from that long ago, I really feel like we should be giving them a second chance, but they're on like, they're on a one strike system and, and everybody would, would, would know that, you know, like if they do something like this again, they're done. And like, and they know that the fans know that. Um, but I feel like we, I'm just, I'm very big on second chances, but I, I but I'm not big on like 10th chances. You know what I mean? So, it, so it's like, that's just kind of where I'm, I'm at with it. Like they're, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's a tough and times change. And, and the vernacular changes too. things that we were saying years ago, some of that stuff really doesn't fly anymore, like at all. And like, you know, so it's just one of those things where like, and you said it as well, and I'm not going to sit here and throw people under the bus either, but like there are plenty of people that have done much worse that are on television every week for major companies. Um, So I just want to put that out there too, that like, you know, it's, 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 it's just, it's a tough thing. And I feel really bad, especially for anyone who gets like really, really, really offended by that for good reason. Like if, if you, if you are homosexual or even a Christian or whatever, like if you're in any of these groups where you feel like they, they really, really hurt your feelings. I, I hate that. Like, I hate that, 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 that that's happened for you. And that maybe you won't give these guys a second chance, but I just, you know, I'm of the opinion that I think they should get a second chance personally. And if they, they screw up again, they're done. And they know that and the fans know that. So not defending the comments not even defending Jay briscoe
2: on this he wasn't young it's not like he was in his teens or 20s he was like 28 27 at the time so he he was an adult when, when he said these things but again a, your your way of thinking changes your your knowledge changes and and uh B's mentioned in chat like if he said that like he sat down with, with Jay and they hashed out based on the people who would need to forgive Jay Briscoe, like Effie, like he's gotten that forgiveness and and, and to go back to, or not not to to bring up like people who have made racist comments in in wrestling in the past, you listen to like Titus and Biggie and they're like, yeah, this person didn't really show that much remorse. This person, we talked to it, we hashed out, like they realized what they said was stupid and we figured it out. And like, I can see a change in them. I forgive them. Like that's the stuff you got to take into account on this okay is if people can change there can be second third chances like you said 10th chances then we're then that's one thing but the briscoes have wrestled seemingly without an issue for the last decade now it sucks it it's horrible but they they deserve worse wrestlers than them worse people than them people who did worse things than them are given second and third chances so uh, hopefully things work out with the with the Briscoes in some capacity, just because I like seeing them uh, wrestle and I want to see them wrestle a lot of a lot of top teams. And it, it's not going to erase what, what Jay Briscoe has done. Those comments are never going to be erased. And he'll pro- he's going to have to live with them and he's going to be tied to them throughout his entire career and life. But let's not let that define his entire career and his right. life, especially with the things he said and with everything that has happened. So
3: I, I, I will say just real quick, if there's anyone who hears this, that is, you know, a part of the LGBTQ plus community or any, any of the things that I've, if you like completely disagree with like what we're saying, please feel free to like mention me on Twitter in like a respectful manner or DM me or something. And just give me your perspective because like, maybe there is something I'm not considering, you know, but I just, you know, I just want to put that out there too. If anyone hears this and they're like, dude, these guys are crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. Let let me know why you feel that way. I'd be happy to. I'd be more open ears to to hear why. So,
2: yes, we are not we are not the people who Jay needs to be apologizing to. That's that's why I said yeah. uh, he, it seems like the people he needs to be apologizing to and the people who need to forgive him at least within the wrestling circles have kind of done so. There's obviously going to be people who just. They're not going to accept anything, but we shall see what happens with the Briscoes. Um, I just like watching. I like watching them wrestle. All right. I, that, part of it comes down to that is I like watching them wrestle, and that's probably shitty of me, and maybe I should have higher standards, and I really like watching this guy wrestle, but I'm also going to willingly give them a second and third chance based on other information. That is out there as well jensen your other spotlight for some reason we've become an impact wrestling podcast your other spotlight for this week
3: so my other spotlight this week is from impact wrestling it is that the motorcycle the motor city machine guns have reunited um this past episode of impact um the bullet club was in the ring uh more particularly uh chris bay and jay white as a as a tag team um they were basically with the rest of the bullet club bullying and outnumbering uh chris saban and alex Shelley. sorry alex shelley and then chris saban I, I mean i'm getting all screwed up they, they were talking to alex shelley and then chris saban came out onto the ramp with them but essentially they've now kind of even the odds because motor city is back they're reunited um there was a long time where alex shelley wasn't a part of the company i know he came back recently and he had that banger with uh with jay white that singles match was really really good um but it's cool because you know i know alex shelley I, I don't know the exact details, but it was something like, I know throughout the pandemic, he has like another job and like, he couldn't be doing because of like uh, the, the pandemic and stuff for a while. Like he, he couldn't be doing impact and also be a part of the other stuff that he does. So it's great to see them back together. And um, that was pretty much the spotlight was like motor is back as a tag team. And not only that next week on impact, they're going to be having the tag team match Saban and Shelly versus Bay and white. And that's, That's a, honestly, that's a reason to tune into impact in my opinion. If you don't normally tune in, that's going to be a really good tag team match. So, and and I'm never, I'm, I'm always going to be for motor city having tag team matches on any show. Like they, they never have a bad match. Um, and Chris Bay is one of my dudes. I'm always talking about push Chris Bay, push Chris Bay, by the way, on this past episode of impact, Willie Mack got a win and Ace Austin got a win back to back on the same show. And I was like, they're, don't give them credit
2: for that. They're
3: listening. They're listening to our stuff. Jeremy. (laughs) Um, I have, I have been, we know certain people in the company listen to our stuff. Yeah. The funny thing is some people do, which is, you know, which is cool and all every now and then I get like a DM from someone that's like, Hey, you've been a pretty good point about it. I was like, dude, I can't believe it is told me that it was like you know i was kind of wasn't that cool to the i've had i won't ever say who but i've had people in the wb sometimes agree with me about like my taste about how bad it is They'd Be like yeah man i totally get your point about that I'm like yeah i'm sorry like nothing personal but but so th- so that that's the thing is like just there they seem to be kind of pushing the people i want them to push right now which has been really nice to see really refreshing and uh, we're gonna get a banger tag team match uh, this this upcoming week. So we got Motor City reunited tonight. against Chris Bay and Jay White. Oh, sorry, yeah, it is tonight. Today yeah, is. Tonight. Yeah. I keep forgetting we do this show a full week from the last episode <laughs> of Impact. So tonight, tune into Impact and watch Motor City versus uh, Chris Bay and Jay White uh impact resident
2: jj says the josh alexander story it's working for me he's going to kick crap out of moose and regain his world title. it's a good story man i i still don't quite like how they handled the bound for glory stuff but and really the the follow-up with moose wasn't good but they're gonna pay it off so bless them that they're actually gonna get around to paying this one off on like jay white confronting kenny omega or kenny omega's like run where he lost it to an AEW guy, anyway. Uh, as far as Motor City Machine Gun goes, they fucking roll. Like, I, that's that's as easy and as simplistic as I can put it. They're awesome. They influence so much of tag team wrestling with the, their double team maneuvers. Like, they're, they're still very crisp. They still have the, the chemistry and everything. It's been great to see Shelly back in Impact. Jay White is great. Chris Bay. I mean, you've mentioned him a ton. He's the guy that I've I've said good things about and said like, yeah, you should probably invest in this guy. Okay. Um, I think this match is going, is going, is going to be great. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Anytime with yeah. City Machine Guns wrestle, it's, it's a good time. Like they're, they're just fantastic. They're just fantastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one of
3: the, one of the best tag teams, similar to the Briscoes, right? Like they've just been grinding for so long outside of like, yeah. usually outside of like the mainstream wrestling scene, but. I mean, you ask any real wrestling fans; like they are one of the best tag teams of the last couple of decades, for sure. They're
2: not going to get the respect of like the Bucks or or like the the Usos or e- even a team like like FTR or anything. But like you watch, and I I would imagine the Young Bucks have said this, uh, but like you watch the Young Bucks, you see the Motor City Machine yeah. Guns like influence and everything on them. Like a
3: lot of wrestlers and a lot of tag teams
2: influenced by Shelly and Saban.
3: Yeah, I think I could be wrong, but I think the Young Bucks have said their favorite tag team to wrestle, like historically throughout their career, I think is Saban and Shelley. So there you go. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, the, again, their influence in tag team wrestling is it, it's probably understated because, like you said, they have not been in that major company, so people are just like, ah, okay, cool. The impact tag team, and it's it's far more than that when you look at how much uh, they've. The uh, other teams have aped the style of, of Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, indie Spotlight: Stephen Jensen. Last week we talked about Atticus Kogar and his issues with GCW leaving the company. He he mentioned that payment uh, to Eddie only was one thing. He he said that the locker room was a, was maybe a little toxic. Um, and, and then he just said he also said like kind of creative differences and stuff were were an issue as well. Brett Lauderdale was on the GCW Patreon podcast, um, and he said that. He and Atticus parted ways by issues that he didn't really get into, which or he couldn't get into, which of course not. He even admitted that like I realize that's not the answer people want, but he just wasn't going to get into it. He did say that some of it kind of stems from the people Atticus is involved with now. He did uh he did own up to saying, like, hey, if Eddie didn't get paid, it's probably because like I get a lot of messages. Sometimes I'm just behind on stuff. He said, everybody has been paid right now. And as far as booking goes, he even said, like, I wanted Atticus to be a GCW guy. And it just it didn't always work out, but he talked to Atticus about things. He did address the, the promo that Atticus cut. And he said that he liked the content of the promo. He did not like the timing because the show had already been booked and he just, Atticus is calling out all these top guys and everything and there was just nothing for him to do. So then GCW looks bad because, oh, you're doing this with Atticus after he does this promo and you're not doing anything with him now. He said he would have loved that promo after the Hammerstein show, didn't love it before the Hammerstein show. Uh, your thoughts on Lauderdale's response to Atticus Kogar
3: It's just, it's really interesting. And I, and I don't, I don't know. How much of an opinion i should have on it yet because i there's there's got to be missing pieces to this thing from from one of the two sides or if not both um the, the atticus going into hammerstein thing was in, incredibly strange to me because he was so heavily featured as like one of their top guys for i mean especially i mean for years now especially when you talk about his his association with 440 but especially after um rsp left it was like he was really kind of like one of those next guys up that you could tell was going to be one of their champions. And even heading into Hammerstein, he had just wrapped up a feud with Jordan Oliver. That was like a main event level feud. They had a a no ropes barbed wire match. That was really good. Nick Wayne was involved in that story and feud as well. And it was like one of the main, one of the main storylines in game changer wrestling was Atticus Kogar versus Jordan Oliver. And it ended I want to say a few weeks before Hammerstein. And then next thing you know, Atticus is like just not a part of the the Hammerstein show and he's cutting these these promos and stuff. And it's just really, really strange how he went from like, potentially, I I think AJ Gray will probably be the next world champion, but I could have seen a scenario where maybe Atticus would have been the one to eventually beat AJ or something. Like Atticus was definitely one of the next like two guys or so that was probably going to be the champion there. So like, it just it's really wild that like it's turned into this so fast and and seemingly so out of nowhere now that said i don't know what brett's talking about like like there could be something but at the same time like i it's hard to speak on because it's a part of me wants to say like if it was something that bad that like he wouldn't want to protect atticus you know what I mean? Like, if, like, if there was something so bad that was, like, we had to stop doing business with him, but you, like, know he's, like, working other places, you would probably want to say something. Because, like, but but at the same time, I have no idea what would happen. I don't know what the discrepancy was. I don't know what the issue was. I don't, but Brett's making it sound like something happened either backstage, like, between himself and Atticus, or Atticus's uh, close circle and in the company. Something and i know i know you mentioned the and they mentioned you know the eddie only payment stuff and all that but i have to imagine like that wasn't it and, and i know that that like the you talked about like the locker room and all that stuff but it's just it's hard it's hard for me to have a really a real strong opinion on it one way or the other because as a as a fan of gcw it's just a bummer because like on one hand i'm a big atticus fan on the other hand i'm a big gcw fan so like i want what's best for the company and i want what's best for atticus but I don't know what happened between Brett Lauderdale and Atticus Kogar to where they they have severed this relationship. So it's also possible. I mean, here's I, that's the thing. It's, it's all just so speculatory. I, I I don't know. I don't know if someone isn't fully. I don't know if Brett's not fully telling the truth. I don't know if Atticus isn't fully telling the truth. I don't know if someone is completely telling the truth. Another person isn't like there's just I just don't I don't know. I'm confused by the whole thing.
2: Uh, yeah, Digital V says it feels like both sides are leaving out pretty big details to protect others. And that's kind of where I'm landing on it is I understood what Atticus was saying. And I agreed with a lot of his points, especially when it came to like the, the Hammerstein show. Yeah, and everything like that. We didn't comment on the toxic locker room or anything like that because that's not our place. Lauderdale did admit that hey, you know, there's like drinking and stuff. These guys like to to party and stuff, but when he thinks it gets out of hand, he steps in and resolves that situation. So good good on him. Uh as far as what we see on screen and how things we we talked in depth about what they could have and should have done differently with with the Hammersign show. And and Lauderdale owned up to to some of that stuff as well and he kind of said like hey I had to put some business stuff uh, you know, in front of maybe how I would have handled it normally because Hammerstein is just a different show than if we're going to, we'll talk about here in a second, if we're just going to Atlanta for a show. Uh yes. So it's just different levels with this stuff. Um, As far as yeah, Brett even admitted, I can't give full details. I realize fans are not going to be satisfied about that. And he's right. Like fans probably aren't going to be satisfied about it. I'm not satisfied with it. understand it if he can't do it of course i'm not interviewing to the press about that if he's not going to say anything he's he's not going to to say anything but it does leave a lot to the imagination and more speculation of like okay what is happening here and maybe the full story finally comes out one day maybe it never comes out because if brett's not going to give it at any point and atticus isn't going to give it then it'll be between them and who knows? Like who who really knows? I do think it's it's unfortunate that something like this even had to happen. Um, and hopefully, you know, Atticus is is okay with everything that happened and he finds happiness in uh the, the new circle six promotion. GCW, it seems like they're gonna be continue to to do fine work and everything. But and Brett even said it like, I don't think we're working with Atticus anytime soon, you know, maybe down the line, uh if things can maybe get resolved. People can change, opinions can change, things can get hashed out, obviously. But whatever happened, it seemed like it was a pretty big deal. And whatever happened, it seems like they're not willing to, at least right now, to really go in depth about it.
3: Yeah. So, like I said, there's there's really more questions than answers about this entire thing right now. Unfortunately, because as a as a fan, I thought it could have been as simple as like for the Hammerstein show. I thought it could have been something as simple as like Atticus is super well known for putting green meat skewers in people's foreheads and they can't do that in hammerstein like i like so that that even someone was where i was like oh maybe he's just not on the hammerstein show because like he can't really do his signature move in that venue and you know, they just, you know what i mean like it was i was just kind of spinning my wheels and thinking maybe I something do. like
2: that but I, I do see Brett's point um, about Atticus's promo and, you know, he's looking at it through a promoter's view. When we were talking about it last week, we were kind of looking more at it from from a fan's view of like, oh, yeah, why isn't Atticus like have a bigger role on this? And maybe at, in front he should have his promo was great. But if you are looking at it as promoters, like we've kind of already got this show set up like we don't need this on top of everything, especially when we already have what you're planning to do with it. Now they could have done something out of it, uh, after, you know, Hammerstein, but the relationship seemed pretty severed, like immediately following Hammerstein. I know Atticus did work a couple of shows after that, but it didn't seem like there were too, too big of plans. Uh, and then of course things really went downhill right after, I think it was like early February, like the first week of February, he worked the, the show, I think in Detroit. And then, um, at, it was done right after that. So I do see Brett's point of like, Hey, you know, maybe you should have held off on this. This is why we didn't really promote it because it didn't make sense for our product to do that. So I did, I did see Brett's point on that.
3: Yeah. And it it's also just worth bringing up, like, cause I was, I was kind of equally as confused when RSP disappeared from GCW like a year ago. Like it just, he was such a big part of the show and the two of them are tight and I have no idea if any of this is linked. It's just, It'll all be speculation on my end, but it's just, I hope that we get more answers because once again, I'm a fan of Atticus and I'm a fan of GCW. So like, I want to be able to support everybody involved here, but we, did, we just don't know the full scope of really what's going on at this point. So.
2: Um, and I, I just mentioned it GCW astronaut in, in Atlanta, Jensen, you were there. This is your indie spotlight. What was your live experience? Like
3: my live experience was awesome. So I got in the venue and uh they had a seat that they gave me which was like so so awesome like they it was like literally the second row of like there was like one little row of floor seats and then the way that center stage is set up is it's like uh you know like a almost like coliseum seating if that makes sense where like you're you know you're all kind of looking down on the ring and so they were like so i i, I get in here and i was like hey i uh like i don't have a, a ticket or anything i'm here with with fightful uh, to try to do some media and stuff and payroll well and and they were and they were like yeah we can uh we just got to get you somewhere to sit we'll just give you something that that didn't sell and i was like oh okay cool so i figured they were just like put me like up and up at the top or something i was just happy to be in the venue at the end of the day like i just really wanted to go to the show as a fan and if i can get any interviews or something out of that it would be a bonus and but they sat me in the second row on the far end so like there was no one directly next to me so i could like i had all this space and there was no one directly behind me either because of the way that the the rows work they kind of like they're kind of like a u so i was on like the end of the u so there weren't people directly behind me so i could like stand up as much as i wanted i wasn't like obstructing anyone's view and i could like i could like man spread my legs out like like while i was sitting there because there was no one next to me so like it was i was super comfortable um, throughout the show the view was incredible um shout out to my boy Robert Bellamy aka Mouse we talked we talked about him a few times on the show the uh, the father of Billy Starks he was doing some photography ringside and uh during one of the matches it was like the second or third match on the card he was taking some pictures near me and I was like I was like yo Mouse and like he turned around and like left ringside and like walked up to my seat and like gave me a big hug and I was like man it's so good to see because I used to see Mouse all the time. I used to see him everywhere at all these shows and I hadn't seen him since uh, before the pandemic. So like, I was like, man, it is just like a familiar feeling to like be hanging, being around people. I haven't seen so long. Um, and then, you know, I got a lot of good uh, like pictures and videos during the show and I was tagging the wrestlers. And the next thing I know they're DMing me like, Hey man, are you going to be here after the show? Like let's link up, blah, blah, blah. Our boy Cole Radrick hit me up. He was like, dude, let's get together after the show. So, um, the show itself was incredible. Like that was one of my favorite live events I've ever gone to the main event. They actually did a death match in center stage, which I thought was incredible. Um, they went all out with like the light tubes and glass and a whole bunch of stuff. And Matthew justice did a, did a dive off of the balcony through a table. And so, I mean, it was so much fun. Nick Gage was the most over guy on the whole show as expected. I mean, his entrance, when that happens, the, the mood in the whole room changes, it was just such a great experience and then after the show um I was standing there next to I was just talking to Cole for a minute um and he was just he was just hanging out by the merch table so because I was just hanging out by Cole I realized I was like shoulder to shoulder with Nick Wayne so I turned to Nick and I was like just telling him how happy I was that he got this AEW contract and stuff and I was like, man, you know, I, I messaged you a little while back. We're trying to get you on the spotlight, man. Like you would be an awesome interview. And he was like, dude, I got so blown up. Like from getting signed by AW, I missed like all those messages. And I was like, but he was like, he really wanted to come on the show. So we're going to hopefully get Nick Wayne on here at some point. Um, so I got a, I got a, a quick interview with Cole Radrick. Um, I got, these are all audio interviews. Cause I can't. I don't know what the setup's going to be like when I go to this stuff, like this and Terminus. So I don't bring like a whole bunch of equipment. And, and I don't know if I could have even brought in like a backpack to begin with, to be honest. um, They've checked everybody for everything they brought in. So I just have my phone. So I got like a quick audio interview with Cole Radrick. Um, and then right after that, before I started inter- interviewing Cole, my boy Nasty Leroy walked up to me because we had talked at Terminus. So Leroy gave me about another five minutes. I'll give you all some exclusives right here. before The, the audio will eventually drop somewhere. I'm, I'm guessing probably Fightful Select. But I mean so. Leroy told me about this whole backstage confrontation that he apparently had with Matt Cardona. And Matt Cardona ducked him and doesn't want any of the NyQuil hands. So like it sounds like Matt Cardona got punked out by Nasty Leroy backstage at GCW, according to Nasty Leroy. So <laughs> I got this whole story about him. Nasty Leroy, in this interview with me, He talks about wanting to take on Tracy Williams in a pure wrestling match. He talks about a whole bunch of stuff he wants to do. Um, So I talked to him for a minute. um, And then my phone is getting really close to dying. But I ran, literally ran directly into Jimmy Lloyd, who's like one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. So I was like, Jimmy, can I get a couple minutes with you, man? Like I'm a big fan. And we sit down and he tells me all this great stuff. And like his dream match is Jeff Hardy. And now we're talking about Jeff Hardy together because they might actually be able to wrestle each other one day. So I get this great little three minute interview with, with Jimmy Lloyd. Um, I'm about to leave the venue again, run right into Effie. I'm like, yo Effie, can I get a couple minutes? And you know, we get a couple. So I got four pretty quick, but really good in my opinion, just quick audio interviews with uh Cole Radrick, Jimmy Lloyd, Nasty Leroy and Effie that should all be available at some point, uh, somewhere in like the, the, the fightful uh ecosystem somewhere i'm like i said i'm guessing probably fightful select because that's where my terminus ones went so uh so yeah i can't say enough good things it, it was an awesome experience um the people there at the venue were like super super nice and uh and shout out to sean Rossap, of course obviously because like he, he well i gotta give him i yeah you always say that but like <laughs> he's done a lot to help me out and a lot of the, in a lot of stuff like this and like it, it was his connections to the company that even got me in a position where I could go and like be a part of the media and, and all that stuff. So like, I'm very appreciative of, of being able to do those kind of things and, and, and getting to meet people in person that I've been a fan of, and that I might interact with on Twitter every now and then, but like actually shake their hands, look at them eye to eye. And like, you know, it's a, it's a different experience. Um, So I, I loved, loved the show. Did you get a chance to watch the, the show or at least most of it?
2: Yeah, I, I checked out a handful of things. So one thing, um, he'll turn just acknowledging Sean Rossap. I everyone loves, I love, I love Sean. Everyone knows I love Sean, but I, I can get away with saying fuck him and not get fired about it. Everyone else just walks on eggshells around Sean Rossap. But again, fuck him. What's he gonna do? Um, so Ar Fox, Nick Wayne, fucking yeah, yeah. Ar Fox, um, I Alex Kane. I interviewed when I interviewed yeah. him. Brought up Ar Fox. Uh, he helped train him uh just an og in this game who has helped train a lot of people and is just really good and another guy like he was on evolve and stuff but like another guy that like just didn't catch that big big break who but is
3: just so so damn good and Nick Wayne, i mean we're going to be seeing a lot of him over the next couple of decades with ar fox i think it's similar to to swerve i think a lot of people were fans of his and lucha underground not knowing that was him yeah, because he was yeah. like Dante Fox on that for a while. And like, I think people might hear like AR Fox and not know like that. They were a fan of his already years ago on Lucha Underground. So. uh, th- So that that was great. Gresham and play
2: like Christian, I'm going to love anything Jonathan Gresham does. I didn't like fully like the the ending of the, the tag team match because yeah. it just set up like the, the triple threat. And I would have preferred just like, you know, it's a death match, like have kind of an actual finish. And something like that. So a little disappointing on that one. I thought Cardona and Janela it's funny watching Cardona and Janela like both be heels now in this company. Um and, and they're not doing like the exact same shtick or anything, but they're they're both just they're playing this heel role and Janela is so beloved on the indies that watching him like do this role now and you know, going after Waltman and then clearing the ring of of everybody, it's just funny. It's funny to see because Janela had the feud with cardona and is like basically everything cardona wasn't uh and cardona had to do that to like really make a name for himself in the on the independent scene and janelle is just kind of doing it because now this is like just one of his characters on the independent scene so watching them kind of do similar but but different styles is very interesting to me but from what i saw I i only checked out kind
3: of select stuff but the stuff that i watched that i figured would be good or that i heard would be good i really enjoyed yeah and and i got to see somewhat of a dream match for me live too jordan grace for sally catch like that's like and they killed it out there like that was in jordan grace that might have been her first gcw match um and like the crowd popped big for her there was terminus chance during jonathan gresham's match which was really cool to hear because like the terminus crowd was also at gcw and stuff so like um Yeah, that was, it was, it was just a, it was a great experience. I also agree though, the, the main event, the finish fell a little flat because everyone in the building, even they, we all felt that way where we would have just rather just had somebody win uh, than do the, the double, the double pin. Um, how did it come across on TV on fight TV? Like, uh, like that was the audio and stuff good. And like the camera and all that. Did, did yeah, it, come it was, good?
2: it was the typical like GCW kind of show when it came to, to audio and video, I didn't have any tech issues or feel like there were any tech issues that wasn't, that hadn't been there before when it comes to GCW, just how they film their shows or how they film their shows. But they've kind of, for the most part, perfected like how to, how to mic a lot of that stuff, but it came across well.
3: Nice. Yeah. So shout out GCW. I, I cannot wait until they come back to Atlanta. Um, it sounds like they're going to do center stage again, if they can. Uh, and that, I mean, they definitely should. It was a perfect venue for that. If terminus uh, can lock in a venue like that, I think it'd be perfect for them as well. I mean, I know center stage has a long history of like hosting big wrestling events and stuff, but like for some of these like independent shows and whatnot, like if there's, there's such a fan base right now for, for that product that um it's, it's just a great venue, uh, for, for, professional wrestling. So yeah, once again, thank you to everybody who was like, so, uh, accommodating at the event and stuff. Like, you know, people checked in on me a couple of times when I was looking to do interviews at the end, they gave me, it's not like you needed a ton of access, but like, they let me kind of do whatever I wanted while I was there, kind of walk wherever I wanted to and talk to whoever I wanted to talk to. And it was, uh, it was, it was, a it was an incredibly
2: positive experience. That's good to hear. I mean, I've I've never been to to a GCW show. I'd like to go to. I've certainly never been a member of the media, and it can. I've been to AEW stuff as media. and they have their way of, of doing things, and, and it's good. It's fine. Um, you never know how like the a, sh- a company like GCW is going to handle stuff like that because the, the smaller promotions, I just don't know how much access they're willing to give. So I'm glad that it would seem to seem to go well, and I love that you're out there networking and yeah we will work on getting Nick Wayne on the show if we can make it happen we will um Jensen and I we we have a lot of plans of different people we want on the show we literally before we did this show we did about like an hour and 15 minutes with Carl Fredericks uh that'll be up i think tomorrow or saturday um it'll definitely be up before sunday it'll be on the Fightful main channel but we we talked to Carl about New Japan strong, uh training with Shibata, just a lot of a lot of Shibata talk because Jensen loves Shibata, I, everyone loves Shibata. Uh, and he when was he very... trained under
3: Shibata. I mean that exactly. was like a big
2: thing, thing. Yes, right? yes <laughs> but, exactly. yeah, yeah. He did train under Shibata. Um, uh, but again, everybody also loves Shibata, <laughs> yes. and Carl, of course, trained under him. Um, and he was very open and honest about the, the Shibata stuff, which which was great. Um, and, and then you know sharing the ring with with Okada, elevation or the evolution of New Japan Strong, different stuff. We found out that he likes to do uh, face face mask with his his girlfriends and everything. Uh, so a lot of a lot of good stuff. From from Carl Fredricksen, yeah, that interview was like an hour and fifteen minutes long. So. It
3: flew by though, man. Like what I a did. cool guy Carl Fredricksen yes. is a cool dude. Like I'm really happy we got to talk to him today. Like I I I was already a fan, but like I'm I'm even a way bigger fan now after talking to him. Really really gonna be pulling for him. Yeah, he I've listened to a couple of his interviews and
2: and he's he's great. So I was glad we got a chance to talk to him. He was when when they asked me like uh, kind of like who who from this list do you want? He he was at the the top of it. So I after listening to him a couple times like oh yeah he'll be fine he'll be a good chat uh so we we interview carl again that'll be on, on its own not part of this version of the spotlight it'll be on its own um in the coming days here on Fightful. but on this version of the spotlight first i'm going to read pause our finishers super chat says rp scott hall biggie and the new in aew women's world champion thunder was a great show y'all appreciate you apologize i've been active in the chat the entire time we appreciate you man uh hope uh, the rest of your thursday is is good uh we interviewed mike straw we talked to mike straw who broke the news that wwe2k or wwe was kind of talking to ea about the the video game license um he broke that on fightful select mike's involved with sports gamers online so we, we talked to a lot of video game stuff jensen asked him quite possibly the most important question of all time i like how I you're confused I When
3: <laughs> i remember the interview i just can't remember which question you're referring you
2: were like you were like this is going to be the most important question i can ask you i'm not going to spoil it now because i want everybody to see it it just pops me that you're the way you set up the question and then the actual content of the question is tremendous
3: i'm I, honest dude i've done so much in just like the last when did we do that interview <laughs> yesterday uh,
2: tuesday. tuesday two days ago yeah
3: Yeah, like I've done so much since then that I, dude, I can't remember. I can't even remember what question that was that I, that I, that I, that I, I remember, I remember even saying better. that, and then I don't remember what the actual question was. So, so.
2: Even better, even better. Uh, so Jensen asked Mike straw, very important question. Uh, we talked to Mike a lot of video game stuff, uh, some general wrestling stuff. Um, I, there, a hockey trade broke uh, a the Minnesota wild, actually to turn that back to the very beginning of the show, uh, a hockey trade broke in the middle of the interview. So I just immediately interrupted things and, and talked about this hockey trade. Cause Mike is a, a big hockey fan as well. I'm actually going to be on Mike's trade deadline show on Monday. I booked myself. Yeah. 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 Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
3: so people know before we went live with this interview or start recording this interview, I feel weird wearing my hat like that. um Oh yeah. Whatever. um Yeah. Jeremy literally like, I'm going to throw you under the bus. Before, before we started the interview Jeremy's like hey man like any way I could uh, I could get on the, uh, no, the show I, with So
2: here's, here's what happened is like I wanted to do uh, a trade deadline like watch along show on Overbooked it mainly as an excuse to not work for the day Uh, so I wanted to be on Overbooked to just do like a live stream of NHL trade deadline stuff so I was like Mike what are you doing on Monday do you want to be on like this trade deadline show because I know Mike's a big hockey fan and he's like oh I think I'm doing my own thing for, uh, for NHL I'm doing a like a three hour our trade Deadline show, and I was like, "All right, well, can I be on that? Because <laughs> I want to, I want to do a Trade Deadline show with somebody." I was like, "Can I just be on that?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, three hours content to fill. Come on." So yeah, I just booked myself for it, but I initially extended the offer for him. Uh, To be on a show that I wanted to do, instead I just booked myself for his thing, and now there won't be a trade deadline show on Overbooked. I'll just go on Mike's show where there's like actual NHL fans instead of running an NHL stream on a wrestling channel. Well, doing an NHL stream on an NHL channel. All right, let me throw to this interview (laughs) with uh, with Mike Straw. I'm looking forward to this because I got to remember the questions I asked. Welcome back to the Creator Spotlight here on the Spotlight we got Mike straw with us people might know Mike straw from me kicking his ass in NHL 22 and NBA 2k 22 on Twitch you might know him from uh Sports Gamers online full press NHL you might know him from Fightful Select where he's uh pissing off WWE 2k uh executives in the team over there <laughs> Mike how you doing buddy
4: I'm fantastic and yeah pissing off that that's the nice way to <laughs> to put it uh let's put this they say they're not happy with me would be an understatement
2: well, that's, that's the first question can you can you talk about this can you talk about the heat you've got from the
4: uh 2k offices bully Ray would be so proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> like he would be I he'd be my best friend if he knew about how mad they are. because all I do is report salacious and malicious material um yeah I mean they they weren't happy when I reported on Fightful Select that WWE had talked with EA I mean not surprising contracts coming to an end talks were going to happen it just i found out they talked to ea and it kind of senses based on how things are going though that 2k has nothing to worry about so they shouldn't be mad at me if anything i gave them the best publicity ever because every comment on flightful select was this is the best marketing that 2k22 could have had because so many people are more anti-ea than anything else yeah he has
2: ruined uh video game franchises like like Madden for years so at least 2k the NBA franchise is great every EA franchise is is God awful
4: yeah I I I won't say God awful. I do enjoy NHL um I do enjoy their franchise mode gameplay yeah it's kind of yeah the drizzling shits the teammates are so (laughs) stupid in be a pro mode I hate it yeah I don't play be a pro at all I I can't I, I, I I can't I get drafted and then I'm done (laughs) <laughs> I just want to see if I can get to the number one pick and then I'm done.
1: Fair.
3: Dude, uh, EA is frustrating as hell because, like, I'm not even a Star Wars fan, but I used to play uh, Battlefront on, uh, and, and then, like, the second one, and it was pretty fun online, and then the second one came out, and I tried playing it when it came out, and it was, like, clearly just pay, like, pay to win. Like, yeah. you had to, like... Was
4: it? It, was it Battlefront 1 or 2? I think it was 2 that had, you could actually purchase a card that said automatically win. Like you play the yeah. you play the power up and your team wins that game.
3: It's so what's ridiculous? the point? I know it was so ridiculous. Like so, and, and being a fan of Madden from like like the kind of late nineties through you know recently, I kind of gave up on that too because it was like playing online we have to like buy all these cards to get like the right players for your team and then like you're like spending all your time trying to like level your team up without paying all this money and you're just out there losing to people who are just buying better players than what you're buying with real money like it was so they EA like totally drove me off as a fan now i'm not a big nhl guy but like i i imagine the games would still be pretty good if you are still playing those but uh but yeah i i was i was pretty bummed out when i heard that that uh well, here's the other thing i haven't played the WWE games in a few years either because they've been so stale and repetitive so like i don't i'm i'm waiting for this AEW game like that's like my big like saving grace potentially is like i'm hoping the AEW game is actually something like those n64 thq aki games like but i don't know mike am i am i right in kind of feeling this about e, about ea and their them as like developers and everything
4: yes and no uh my my, my biggest thing with ea has always been once ultimate team was introduced in fifa 09 executives saw dollar signs yeah and there's so much red tape and so many high level people squashing everything the executive producers want to do development staff want to do that's what bothers me i just because knowing so many developers that i do i feel terrible for them because there's a lot of great ideas that get thrown around and talked about and then they get squashed because they don't bring in money and it's it sucks and that's kind of so, where we're
3: at as a whole with the industry and it's really it's so upsetting about it because that's a good point because i i know a lot of times when it comes to video games and people being upset like they will go to the devs and stuff is like the complaints but i guess what you're saying it does make a lot of sense essentially even if the developers have good intentions they want to make the game great if ea is kind of on their neck going, no, we're just going to keep doing this and this and this because it's making money. There's just nothing they can do about it. That's a really good point you brought up. I think that's very fair.
4: Yeah, and I feel bad because, I mean, again, with sports games, they're on yearly cycles. And by yearly cycles, they have about nine months to really build a game and get it ready and then tweak it. So it's – it's so sad. It's there, there's a lot of things with the gaming industry I don't like that would take like two hours. I could talk about. It. I could do a book <laughs> on what's wrong with the gaming industry today. The the
2: microtransaction stuff you mentioned Ultimate Team and I, and I groaned because that has come to Madden. That is with the NHL. That, Every mode. Yeah, yeah. Two K has WB. it now with my. Even yeah, WWE started it.
4: this year with my yeah. faction. With my stuff. faction is the only uh. mode with microtransactions. But I can guarantee, and this is no me talking to anybody there about it but everything points to this is a test on where it works and i don't like where it's going i was wondering how WWE
2: would find a way to incorporate that because they it's just it's with every sports game now this type of mode and i have not touched the my faction mode i'm not going to touch it because i don't play i don't touch any of that stuff in any of the sports games i just have no time
1: for it let me draft my
4: team let me play franchise mode i'm good even at sgo when people go to our reviews on our games we get a lot every now and then of like, like well what what about ultimate team what's new in ultimate team if you go to sports gamers online you will never see an ultimate team mentioned in any of our reviews um i i refuse to touch it and i tell my writers don't touch
3: it i wish there was a way that they could do like the Fortnite model of like, but it's different with with wrestling, I guess, because like you have so many individual wrestlers with different attributes and different moves, and 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 some wrestlers are just better than other wrestlers. But like, I like how Fortnite did it, where the game was free, and you can buy all this cosmetic stuff, like skins and and stuff, but like it didn't affect your skill in the game. I'm okay with those types of microtransactions, like Rocket
4: League. Right? Uh, expensive is all hell but it's cosmetic it doesn't do anything with these type with sports games it's very tough to do right so it's one of those I mean the only game where I've ever seen ultimate team added bombs so bad that it was pulled was EA Sports UFC they pulled oh, it after right. UFC yeah. 3 yeah. and it was the it made me so happy I was so proud I <laughs> I didn't play it that
2: year but I saw it and I was just like this doesn't make this is why I don't think it's going to work with the with it too well it's like I just don't think it makes sense on how you're gonna how you're going to do this and then I played a little bit of USC. 4 I didn't even notice it was missing because I just don't pay attention to
4: those modes at all I
2: was like oh it's,
4: it's the closest you'll get sure. is what like a super card does that's yeah. the closest you can get and it's it's kind of so but it's kind of weird it'll be interesting to see like if it ever gets further than than the my faction and we'll see we'll see what it'll be interesting come the summer and the fall when we can actually get an idea of what modes are the most played within the game because that that information takes a little while to to build
3: yeah Bring up the UFC game I, that's a really really good point too that's another game that I that once EA took over I became less of a fan of I really liked when Ukes and uh, THQ made the UFC undisputed games they were just like a lot more fun to play and and now it feels like when they're putting out these UFC games like they try to make them like as ultra re- realistic as possible but like I didn't get a whole lot of replay value out of the most recent one like I just I mean I'm a, I'm a massive UFC fan it's like I want to play the UFC game I want to play the WWE game it just feels like every year. I want to play Madden it just feels like every year it's just so repetitive I just feel like I'm gonna waste yeah. my money when I when I keep buying them
4: yeah I, I feel you I mean that's the same and that's the thing like UFC they do it the right way they come out every other year every right. year two and a half years and with THQ I don't know who I was talking to about it about a week and a half ago because we were talking about WWE and it was a case of you didn't know what you had until it was gone because once THQ went under and it lost the UFC license, it lost the WWE license, people just got stuck with what they got. And you don't see much innovation anymore. And this is kind of where we're at. And especially as larger publishers keep buying all these smaller developers, it's it's rare we're gonna get any competitors from outside. That's why you brought the AW game. And I'm so interested to see what they do, but I'm also very nervous.
3: <laughs> About it is a lot of hype like, right now because all, all, of, all of us have such an attachment to like those games like from the n64 era especially once you could play as wrestlers in 3d and like all these extra moves and finishing moves and all the cool stuff you could do with it like have you played any of like the action arcade wrestling or wrestling empire or like any of those yeah. kind of games so,
4: action arcade wrestling i've been i'm actually working on an updated review of it for the switch once that came out um it is one of the my favorite most fun games to play with friends because i, ha- I have where on else? The Switch, by the way, yeah. so, same here. Yeah. Where yeah. else can you wrestle Space Ghost versus a Number Two Pencil? <laughs> yes. It is, and it'd be hilarious. Or you can create every character from Mortal combat and just go to town. And, and it's it's a great fantasy custom creation type of game. Wrestling Empire makes me really happy to see where it's come because there was uh Dicky in two thousand six. Wrestling Encore. I fell when I was like in high school I'm in love I had I had no friends in high school I was a wrestling dork no one talked to me back then I played that a lot and I would mod it because there was a mod called the wrestling channel for it and you had all these real world mods and it was fantastic people would create the impact zone I punched my mic people would create the impact zone and it was just so much fun to to do and seeing wrestling empire and and seeing what they're doing and it it, that's my nostalgia and then i still play fire pro constantly
3: Yeah, fire
4: pro is my when i want to sit down and just relax with a wrestling game which is really weird to say i
3: relax with fire pro (sighs) (laughs) fire pro is still my go-to I I've got Empire and Action Arcade for the Switch, and I and I feel like Action Arcade is kind of like a spiritual successor to Fire Pro with all the custom. Uh, you can you can literally download like a thousand wrestlers a day, and they'll have their move sets. They'll look just like them, like so. That's been kind of the closest thing I feel like I can get for the Switch to uh to Fire Pro would be Action Arcade. But yeah. I like I like Empire a lot as well. It's just it's it's different, and it's like it's just fun
4: you're not going in there for great graphics or incredible gameplay you're going to see what ridiculous things can happen like the fact that my it actually (laughs) happened last actually happened last night so i had a created character in my career and i died (laughs) after two matches i was like all right i'm gonna start a new career and i'm talking with a few friends because we're checking out the new update with the roaming mode where you can go around to like a bar or cemetery and all this stuff that they just added and i'm sitting there i do my two matches i'm working for anthony chinoki (laughs) and uh (laughs) right after my second match i died at the age of 24 by natural causes okay you live in a hard life at age 24 straw out in Japan yeah they took COVID like... way too serious yeah. but yeah I, I I
2: love how like silly over the top just goofiness empire is because yeah. I mean you mentioned Chinoki. like they don't use the the real names but you know who is <laughs> <the movie. laughs> yeah and calling exactly. him
4: Chinooki yeah and they made his chin even more
2: prominent it's like a so tissue funny. box yeah j- just <laughs> the stupid stuff you can do in that game, there's just so much like comedy entertainment value in something like that. I can't say I really like dove into action arcade, but now you guys are making me be like, oh, okay. And, and you said they're they're like for Switch as well, so that's gonna make me uh, and want to check The best it out part about
4: it is, so on PC, their Creator Suite is free, so you can mm-hmm. create your wrestlers on PC, arenas, whatever, and then download them wherever you play the game okay and there's thousands now granted with action arcade like there's no single player modes it's literally just going a bunch of exhibition matches but they're so damn fun like when you talk about games for like doing on like stream that's a type of game like on on fightful gaming that I think people would have a blast watching yeah that's something we need to to do more of i'm gonna yell at joel pearl
3: uh i brought because... this game up before just for what it's worth i, brought I believe this game you up before, i, so. I <laughs> believe
2: you there's always so many things going on here at the spotlight there's, offices that yeah.
3: there's I, a lot I, of good
4: <laughs> wrestling games out there if we want to talk wrestling game right now it's a very fun time to be a wrestling fan from not even being a fan and watching everything that happens but being a wrestling fan gamer there are so many independent games in development that are out that need attention whether it be on mobile or on pc or console or whatever it may be like it's such a good time that for as bad as people complain about what's going on with wwe and everything like if you look elsewhere and you really care about this and you're a wrestling fan like you'll find something that you fall in love with this is the most
3: important question i can probably ask you all day I'm like, would you be able to help me figure out how to like download because i've I've tried a couple times i just don't know how to like extract the stuff properly i guess but i really want to play wcw feel the Bang oh that yeah but i need help but i need help downloading it i'm gonna need someone like to walk me through how to download i wound up like downloading the emulator that basically just got me no mercy 64 but i couldn't figure out how to like mod that into you don't even need the emulator
4: for it the the the, okay the bang allows you to just run it without doing anything you just got to be able to uh yeah I'll okay. okay thank you thank you that's,
3: that, <laughs> I've been wanting to play for like I, years or whatever but just
2: like this is the most important question I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you how can I play this certain <laughs> game okay <laughs> <And>
4: that's <laughs> the thing the no mercy mods there are so many there are so many there's AW mods there's old school TNA mods if you want to play from TNA from 04 to 07 you know like the glory years there's that there's CZW mods. There's Ring of Honor, old school Ring of Honor mods. There are so many that, man, you never have to play another game if you are in love with with uh, No Mercy. I've seen I've seen a lot of like streamers and stuff just like download those mods and just play
2: them, at, like you said on No Mercy. And it seems like there's like that's the way to go nowadays. Just just do that. Who cares about this new WWE 2K game where yeah. you got Iron Man cage matches or Hell in a Cell matches and everything that never Even- ends.
4: Even, uh, what, here comes the pain. There's the, here comes the pain 2.0 mod. Yeah. Ooh. I didn't even know about
3: that, but that was oh, a great it's a, game.
4: It's incredible. I did a story on it a year and a half ago on, on sports gamers online about what I did. I talked to the guy who's behind the development of it and the recreating that him and the couple people who are working on it, like, of like Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens in the game and Nakamura. more. Like, it looks like just, they were built for that game. It, it's it's fantastic what they are able to do with that and it's constantly being updated granted it's by a one and two or two people mostly so it takes a while but it's another fantastic mod Mike I want
2: to ask you because I actually do want to ask about
4: your career how'd you get started with sports gamers online I so SGO came out by chance because I was covering the Sabres uh I was a beat writer for the Sabres from 2011 until about mid 2016. I just got tired of covering the NHL to be honest at the time because they just they got boring everybody gave you the same canned responses you never got anything entertaining hockey players are
2: very boring by nature
4: yeah they're not allowed to show the the boys aren't allowed to show emotion it's it's obnoxious we need more players like PK Subban true personality wise but I I wanted to switch and I'd done gaming writing and technology writing for fan-sided which is actually where I met Sean. Um, and SGO popped up on uh, on a journalism job board, so I reached out, and within a month after starting there, I went from, all right, you're going to be just a reporter or a writer, and then I was like, hey, do you want to edit because you have the experience? Yeah, and then a few months later, I was made managing editor, and it was just like, now I run everything, so <laughs> it kind of snowballed, but I mean, I've been there almost six years now, and it's just been uh, it's been so much fun. I've ruffled a lot of feathers, but I've made a lot of friends, and I get to play I, I get to write about video games for not a full living but half a living I mean that's that's the that's the dream right that's what I always tell people is like yeah I just get to write about
2: wrestling and there's days that suck and you piss people off uh, but at the end of the day like you're just writing about wrestling talking yeah. about wrestling chat with your friends for it, the majority of the day
4: exactly I get to look at my mom and go see when you told me all those video games will <laughs> not <don't> pay off <laughs> <aha>! guess who <laughs> literally gets paid to play them this guy and write about them granted the, the biggest downfall I, I always say like I, I tell a lot of people this they they've asked like how do you get to cover video games or what do you you don't get to enjoy them as much as yeah you do as a fan because I'm literally and it, and it really sucked when I covered the whole gaming industry I bounce from game and I still do it though game to game to game you write game impressions a couple preview articles a review move on to the next game game impressions preview article review and you just go I don't really get to sit and enjoy some of the the great games I play like Formula One is my favorite one of my favorite series but I don't get to enjoy it for more than like two months out of the year this is why I
2: actually hate all of wrestling because I'm I'm so in the bubble that I just I can't stand any of it it's like yeah I just listened to another this person interview today I can't stand any of these people
4: I hate I hate WWE. Hate hate AEW. But love this business
2: that's what i tell everybody that
4: that's kind of where i got with nhl actually um i stopped liking the game and then i took away i was able to become a fan again and then i got back into i'm like all right i want to get back into it small short and full press was there and i needed someone to talk and i like to talk And now I've booked myself for your trade deadline show. Yep. So. <laughs> it
3: happened happen on the, on the dark, on the dark match before we went yes. here. Oh, before <laughs> we even go on the air. Yeah. No yeah. one
2: will. <laughs> <laughs> I tuned into like immediately. Like, I'm pretty much sure booked myself for this. Like less Mike is just going to have me on to whatever. To
4: from there. Yeah. Get I that Colorado it. Avalanche fan perspective.
2: <sighs> I mean, that's the only perspective I really have. I don't keep up with the league, like outside of, my team like I I'm I check in on stuff but obviously my team is the one that I know best I'm gonna ask uh Steven Jensen's question because I know he wants to ask it but I'm gonna go ahead and do it why do you hate raw so much
4: it is so (laughs) boring it is the friends combined this is gonna piss people off it is the friends combined with Seinfeld of television wait a second none of it makes sense (laughs) and every character sucks (laughs)
1: <laughs> so you hate
4: friends in seinfeld this is the bigger news here than oh 100 like, i think they're two of the most overrated pieces of garbage television programs ever
3: invented now now do you like it's always sunny in philadelphia i have never watched a single oh, episode of it's my it. favorite show ever everyone compares it to seinfeld but like i don't think seinfeld's that funny but like i think always sunny but but yeah. it, but it's like you know what you know what, i understand why they draw comparisons yeah. between the shows but
4: yeah i uh um, i i'm rare into television shows like that i stick with stupid animation and comedies and but like yeah I, i've never watched a single episode of always sunny now always sunny is a tell me
3: it's a straight comedy like it's yeah. like it's it's but they're the worst human beings alive like i'm also the, the type of person
4: being. the more people say i need to check out a show the more i refuse to yeah. out of spite <laughs> i don't care if i like the show i will refuse to watch it out of spite
2: you, well you should not watch always sunny then Mike you
4: should yeah, never watch, watch it. that I episode. need like a hundred more people to tell me don't not watch. to watch it to, to catch up to the amount of people
0: everyone that. everyone
2: tag Mike on social media it's right there in the corner above him be like don't watch always Sunny. and then out of spite he will actually watch the show and fall in love with
3: it yeah that's probably what will happen <laughs> I uh, I did that with Breaking Bad I didn't ever watch it while the show actually aired and then once the finale aired I was like all right, I'm just going to see what this is all about, finally. And I was like, damn, I, wish I was watching this the whole time. This is such a good show. I See, I'm the type of person, I I, I don't like uh, finales.
4: I've never watched a series finale of any show I've ever liked. I refuse wow. closure.
3: Uh, wow. <laughs> is, is, there, is there any deeper issues that you'd like to go into? Oh, there's a lot.
4: You got time? You got a
3: <laughs> notebook, a couch for me to lay on? I refuse
4: <laughs> to watch series finale. Like I've never <laughs> seen the end of that '70s show, and that was one of my favorite shows ever when I was younger. But I refuse. Though I also refuse to acknowledge that season eight existed. Fair,
2: That's fair true, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that '70s show in, in forever. But, I don't even remember what the finale is. Yeah, but You're probably oh, yeah. not missing much by. I've never, I've never
4: it. watched the finale of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I've never watched the finale of Boy Meets World. I've never watched like growing up, like never watched any of them because I don't like. I don't like them. Well, you can watch the boy meets world finale now because now they have girl meets world, so yeah, just, but goes I
2: right into that. And that's
4: the thing, I loved girl meets world. Uh, admittedly, my wife and I used to watch that was appointment viewing when it was on the air because you know we're an old married couple. It was a good show, honestly. It was, <laughs> I watched it like one summer, it was a good show. Then the I say it everywhere,
2: what is wrong with you guys? Watching- well,
4: no, that's why I like wrestling so much, though. There's yeah. no finale. Like, yeah, it's just, it and just, just, I'll find the wrestlers. I like, like there's finales to careers, but sometimes the sport itself doesn't end. And I, I think that's why I always loved it. But yeah, raw, it's just to go back to that. Like, it's just so boring. If there's people I'm interested in, I'll catch it up on YouTube or I'll listen. And if it's something really interesting, usually shameless plug for you guy, I'll listen to the post raw or post SmackDown podcasts. And listen uh and then see if there's something worth going back so we dvr everything but right now only AEW is my appointment like
3: i watch it live every week type of thing
4: yeah. and that's because the wrestling is fantastic
3: yeah i couldn't agree more i'm i'm right there with you we were talking a little bit beforehand where you know i watched i i, I have i've ruined relationships over watching raw every monday before my life or like you know like i was i prioritized raw over everything for like 30 years and now it's at a point where like I'm literally accepting applications for somebody to watch raw for me just so I can know when Cody road shows up. Cause I don't care about anything else that they're doing <laughs> in the company. So, and, and I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a niche kind of outlier too. Cause most people like don't like Cody. So they're like, either hoping he doesn't show up to WWE because they don't want him there or they're hoping he shows up to WWE because they feel like it's a big middle finger to AEW. And I'm over here, we're like, I'm gonna be a giant AEW fan regardless because their their product is so great in my opinion. But that's- uh, It's
4: funny you love Cody so much. I remember, so I went to my wife. I got her, sat her on the floor in 2009. We were at a Raw May, May 4th, 2009. I remember these dates for some stupid reason and cody rhodes was coming out for a match against i think it was batista because it was going to be like whoever won joined for a handicap match in the main event and he was coming out and he was heel and all of a sudden my wife sitting along the ramp just yells
3: i love you cody
4: (laughs) and it was an entrance during a commercial and the look of confusion on his face of like someone caring about him made my absolute night like no one like because it was silent when he entered no sure. one cared about him and then you just hear this one high squeal woman yell I love you Cody
3: and <laughs> I love that I love that Cody um,
2: you did you watch NXT on on Tuesday Mike Cody showed up there did, did, oh, did you guys not miss, did you guys not see Cody showing up on NXT 2.0 no crashed,
4: I, I'm waiting because Miz I thought- TV
2: With Dolph Ziggler, and now Cody is going for the NXT Championship. No,
4: I'm waiting. No, 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 no. I don't watch NXT. I've been watching SmackDown because the damn Lambs has said he's going to show up on SmackDown to lose to Veer. So I'm sitting there waiting here. (laughs) Lambs,
2: look, Lambs had the Jericho Appreciation Society scoop. I don't know where this man gets yeah. his information, I mean,
4: but he he's pretty he's, smart, honestly. Scoops here, and I'm just watching SmackDown, and I feel like I'm being strung along here because <laughs> Veer never comes. No,
2: at some point, at some point he will. He's
3: got to talk to a doctor. Uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of hoping his gimmick winds up being like, uh, uh, what was his name, Jim in uh American Pie, where like. He finally shows up and like makes it like two steps onto the entrance ramp. He's like, oh, oh and then like and then, like walks Leaves. backstage and then comes back out a second time and it happens again. So then everybody is like holding up like the like the deuces. I like his new gimmicks. I'm like two times, man. He came came to RAW two times. Um, so that's that's my new <laughs> that's my new beer gimmick. I love and, he it. Not, and, he, and he never gets in the ring. He never makes it to the match. Just like just like Jim from American fight He never actually. Gets you know, there. Gets there. Is he gonna he, be like? Is this how the rock comes back
2: and just hands him a pie and it's just like, here, you know what to do with this? <laughs> yeah,
3: that's actually perfect. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. To, top tier level storytelling and and i've watched just 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 like mike said you know there's no there's no there's no finales like these are things that all that all connect from you know 50 years worth of 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 entertainment so people would definitely put together oh the rock's got the pie veer's going for the pie veer can't get he's going to get in the pie but he's not going to get like the (laughs) actual ring for an actual match we'll get to the pie maybe this is the dumbest
2: thing
4: i've ever heard jensen i absolutely love it I don't know I I'm kind of
3: I'm sold but <laughs> right there you yeah. go sounds like no I love it's, it's
4: it's
2: completely it's it's outrageous but I absolutely love it like I but I imagine they have no idea what they're actually doing with beer so I'm the just saying just I'm just saying
4: Booty Pro Wrestling wishes it could have come up with a story like true that. honestly true
2: maybe it'd honestly, still be around if it could yeah instead of get blown up by everybody uh mike mike last one what's the coolest thing you have in the room that you're in right now
4: these posters to be honest so there's a lot of things like i have my racing setup i have the ps5 i have VI, like everything but these posters they're literally the guy who does them richard perry takes individual pictures he breaks apart takes apart the component of the console takes individual pictures and then does his photo editing magic to make it look like it's all just like a sandwich okay, so so it's a console yeah
2: that, that's what i was trying to like yeah. figure out yeah. they, so they're we have very the,
4: yeah we have the game boy n64 and then i got a dreamcast and a switch down there oh. and i plan on adding for every single console he does
2: I thought um, the N64 was like some type of toaster. I could tell it was like mechanical, like sandwich type thing. I thought it was some type of like toaster, but it being console makes a lot more
4: sense. Yeah, this is all gaming posters. Those are pretty well. sweet. And it's just gonna be. It's it's gonna add. This entire room is gonna be filled with these
3: breakdown posters. No, I have seen a Nintendo toaster before, so those do exist. I'd use the Nintendo toaster. Yes. Yeah. Angry Video Video like, like, nerd on, is it
2: print like N64 and your toast? like the Nintendo no 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 like you you
3: play actual original NES cartridges in what looks like a, it's like a toaster that's been converted into an actual Nintendo <laughs> yeah I'm not even kidding the angry video game nerd on YouTube he's been around for like 15 years on ever YouTube. yeah he, yeah he he uses that when he plays his Nintendo games he puts it in a toaster and it's like an actual an actual oh thing God. um I got two questions for you Mike before we get out of here one uh what is your favorite video game console of all time so uh, oh. I'll answer that one first
4: sega genesis
3: oh well that's my first system that i ever owned my, my, my i first think
4: that's system- why it's my favorite because it yeah. is my first i feel like i shouldn't go that route but i'm going to anyway because
3: i just have this nostalgia i respect it i respect it my, my first system was the genesis my favorite system is the n64 but i have a really soft spot for like the ps2 and the sega dreamcast as well um but I was just talking the other day to, about uh, to some people that are like way younger than we are. And I was literally showing them how you could put a Game Genie and then a uh, Sonic and Knuckles on top of that and then a Sonic 2 on top of yep. that and like triple <laughs> stack to like put cheat codes all the way into Sonic 2. The greatest uh, thing ever
4: was when I hooked up a Sega CD to my channel uh, It's like, wait, well, hold on. I, I apologize.
2: Anything. I apologize, Mike Schraw. I'm cutting you off right here. The Avs have traded Tyson Jost for Nico Sturp. I don't know about this trade
4: they're gearing up
2: they've got to right they're gearing
4: up that's got exactly to. why they're gearing up I that's mean the Stern's only got thing. 36
2: points the, this season not That's the key.
4: only thing they're, they're gearing up 100% for something bigger.
3: Oh man,
4: I apologize for cutting off the video.
3: Like, this literally just, just came across. I apologize oh, for that. All oh, good. <laughs> Breaking news. Breaking news, that'll be old news, by the Yes. Time the time yeah. um, <laughs> and then uh, it's funny because, like, I can't even add to the NHL conversation, but I can say uh, PK Subban. I, I know who he is because I'm a, I'm a Predators fan from living in Nashville for so long. So, like, I do know who that is. Any um, any other guest? I'm not interrupting with a with a hockey trade, but because it's straw, I'm like, well, I gotta yeah.
2: gotta say. Something well,
4: now me. that I said they're gearing up, keep it in, and then hopefully they've geared up and gotten who they need, gotten a Giroux or or maybe they went out and they decided because they get rid of Yost, they bring in a Ben chariot Who knows?
0: Yeah.
3: Um. The the second question I had was. Do you watch any Twitch streamers, YouTube streamers, anyone that was on Mix or anything? And if so, like, what streamers do you uh, do you like as a fan?
4: I only watch Fightful Gaming on Twitch. Okay. That's no, good. I'm not even joking. They're the only <laughs> gaming channel I do watch. I'm not big <laughs> in watching live streams. I do watch a lot of, like, video game developer streamers um, because that's kind of the side of the industry I'm working towards getting into because my my 9 to 5 is I'm a software developer. So I kind of want to transition that and get into game development. So I've been watching a lot of that lately. That's usually kind of where Lana Lux is like my favorite one. She's a independent game developer out of Toronto, and uh, just it's fantastic to watch and see her grow as a developer and kind of she and she's very friendly with giving advice or anything like that to anybody who's interested. Very cool. He said her name was Lana Lux. Yep, that's right. Okay, cool.
3: Shout out to Lana. Very cool.
4: Yeah, and uh, also from a wrestling note, real quick, because uh, we talked about like we loved uh, like Jeremy, you love the industry, and ev- we're all here, like we all watch wrestling. Fightful exists because people love the industry. I am so stoked! Uh, mi- uh, Memorial Day weekend at Empire State Wrestling, the l- biggest local Efed here in Western New York. Buddy Matthews versus Trey Miguel is headlining oh. their show. And I am just, just through the moon excited for that match. That's gonna be great.
2: That's yeah. That's that's gonna be a banger match right there. That's a good match.
4: Mike, where where can the people find you? At? Twitter at Mike Straw Media. I'm not on really other other social media just because I'm too lazy to keep up with everything else. And if you want to read my written work, SportsGamersOnline.com.
2: There you go mike we appreciate you uh you joining us uh at some point we're gonna play nhl or nba or wwe on, on twitch and i'm gonna like win your your career or your job or one of those posters so, behind you or something something i gotta give you like some scoops from sean i am not giving up anything of I'll, I'll i'll feed you any scoops from sean that you want
4: so. give me all the scoops
2: yeah you can have all the scoops <laughs> mike we appreciate it guys we'll be right back here in just a second on the spotlight We're back. I was a giant screen there for a second. That was Mike straw. You can check out his work at Mike straw media. He's on social media. He's on Twitter there. Uh, and sports gamers online and full, uh, full press NHL. So we appreciate Mike being on Jensen. You asked him literally to just help you play a WCW game. It was the most selfish question of all time, but it was the most important
3: question you had to ask. Yeah, that was the question. (laughs) Yeah. I remember right, right when I was at, when I watched myself ask it again, um, yeah i i do need help from him to to be able to play wcw feel the bang on the, the game on on the computer but um i know we're wrapping up i'll just throw out my plugs real quick because i figure we'll probably get out of here anyway um tonight since we're talking about video games so much twitch.tv slash playful gaming myself and joel pearl are there every thursday um so tonight around like seven o'clock we usually play mario kart if you have a nintendo switch you can play with us we give out a uh, an online code and stuff and uh Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We play from usually about 7 p.m. Eastern to around 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, So once again, that's every Thursday. Um, And uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at FightTalk underscore. I keep all my stuff updated there. And once again, rest in peace, Scott Hall, the coolest wrestler of all time. All
2: right, guys, head over to Fightful... Overbooked.com. You can, uh, JJ, I don't know if they geared up. The deadline is actually like Monday. So there'll be more trades. I assume coming this weekend and everything. We shall see. Um, you can head over to overbook.com. Right now, Will Washington is over there with Day After Dynamite, reviewing Dynamite Go over there. Check him out. Say hi. Say what's up to him. A uh, bunch of content on, on Overbook. Jensen will be there tomorrow with the grassy Dudes with SV3. I'll be there tomorrow with uh, uh, SV3 doing doing Friday morning coffee as we bury the Lakers like we always do, which is kind of getting tiring because they, they just suck. There ain't much more to say. Again, check out our interview with Carl Fredericks. I'll continue to update fans on when that that will be dropping. But um, I know it will be before Sunday. I have some articles coming from it as well. So so check that out. And we appreciate the support. everybody. We'll be back next week talking, talking all the wrestling. We appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you all next week. Subscribe to Fightful Slack.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership.